Shut up and sit down. I thought you were dancing to the uh, intro music. I was. Didn't you see me put my earphones oh, on no, my ear? I didn't see them in your it's ear. It's because of earbuds. I thought you were dancing to the ska music. The ska music is cool. They played your favorite earlier, a little 99 loose balloons. <sighs> Stupid ass song. <laughs> uh, so we are the New Utah Podcast. Um, uh, it is episode 49. We are down one Jeremy. Um, the bees got him. No, the bees so didn't get the him. The bees killed him. He had a massive. They're went, not, so see what happened they're was Italian, not African. What happened was he went. They can still fucking sting you to death. Uh, what <laughs> happened was so he went to IFA, and there's pictures of this. Uh, he went to IFA. There were just shit tons of bees. Like they do them in packages of three to five thousand bees with a queen in the center. It looks like a little box with a jar in it. Uh, well, Jeremy tripped and broke like eighteen of the hives open, and that's nothing. That's not a good story. No. no. That's a lie. He did get a his lie. bees, though. Um, hopefully, we'll we'll hear more about... His daughter is just turning 16 today. Yeah. So, happy birthday. happy, happy birthday. Happy birthday to Maya. Uh, she is 16 today, and he said, fuck you guys at the podcast. I'm hanging out with us. my kid. 16 is a big deal. It's a big birthday. Maybe so, not for boys as much as girls, for some reason. I don't know why. I mean, sometimes girls get their licenses when they're 16. I mean, our daughter hasn't, but... Well, my brother so didn't get boys. his 19. Yeah. So uh, the more that we have to drive her around as a 16-year-old and all her friends can drive, and she has to rely on them for rides to things that she wants to do because we're becoming less and less willing to just <laughs> drop everything to do stuff like that, um, the more she wants to drive. Put your foot down. So, um, yeah, <laughs> she's like, can I go so-and-so? Okay, yeah, sure, but how are you getting there? How are you getting back? The bus. Don't you have a bus that runs? You're on a main a main thoroughfare. You're on a main thoroughfare at the <laughs> end of the valley. So Utah is really great in a lot of ways. Uh, public transit is not one of them unless you live downtown. Uh, for me to get downtown from my house purely on public transportation probably take close to two hours. My house is the same. Yeah. I mean, your house is worse. Yeah. We have one bus. Yeah. So I do live on a, a pretty frequent bus. Uh, it goes... Every half hour, up and down my street. See, that'd be perfect for her. So, Kids don't need to go anywhere. But it also takes like a, it. It takes like a half hour to get down to the track station, and then from there you can get a lot of places. Get her a moped. So the other thing is cost, right? Like if more than just me want to go downtown, it's cheaper to drive and park. Like when we go to like say Comic Con, as much as I'd love to use public transportation, it costs me ten bucks to park for the day down there. It'll cost me. 20 bucks just you to can ride park tracks. at the sandy park and ride and take tracks Correct. for five dollars yeah that's what i'm saying when there's four of us that's twenty dollars that's true it's and it only costs twenty dollars to park yeah. across has, the street that t- yeah it costs 20 bucks to park at freaking city creek and i can park elsewhere for even cheaper so you need to tell me where that cheap parking lot is you can park at my bo- where i work for free that's and then true. just get on the free the conjunction is right there by the library station. James lives down the street from there. If I could, we could walk from his house yeah. really to tracks. We've talked That's about true. it before, but by the end of the day, nobody That's wants to walk. But that. See, and my 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 building is even like closer a block than and James. Half from the track like station. it's 
It's literally hers. Hers is, yeah. James is like four. Yeah. Or more. But honestly, I wouldn't wouldn't drive if I lived downtown. (laughs) You know, but I don't. You don't need to. James drives his bike to work sometimes. I would drive my bike to work all the time. I wouldn't drive it. I'd ride mine. No, I'd drive it. It's driving. I'd put a moped engine on it. Make that shit street. Sometimes legal. you sometimes you have to drive a bike and catch a deer. Okay. What the fuck? I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. My. Uh, so we had a word. a very busy weekend. Um, so Friday we went down to Cedar City. <sighs> Sorry, filling it. I'm still yawning because we had such a busy weekend. All right. Well. Uh, Bree's bored with my story. No, so I'm not bored with your story. <laughs> it was on a board yawn. It was uh, me showing how tired I am. Yeah, it was very, very exhausting. exhausting. So we drove down to Cedar City. We both took the day off. We drove down to Cedar City to move our daughter back. On Friday. On Friday. So on the way down, we told her what time we were going to be there roughly, and we knew she wouldn't be awake because she hadn't had to... Her last final was like Tuesday. And um, we get down there. I'm like, well, let me go, let's go see this client of mine that's down here. And... Um, We'll call. We'll call her and tell her we're in town, and we're gonna go see this client first, so that she has a chance to, you know, get up and get moving and whatnot. So I go see the client, fix something. Now for this him. is like noon. Well, it's, it's 11 like eleven thirty when we're there. So it's not like we're there at like and even so nine in the morning. Then well, we, and let's let's tell people it's what a three hour drive. Yeah, three and a half hours. Yeah, I mean it's a long there. it's a long drive. We it's left drive. we left Draper at eight after we dropped Sean off at school. You didn't yeah. even bring me squeaky cheese. We didn't need any either. Actually. We almost got some, but I wasn't in, in the mood. Yeah. So anyway, so so then we go to the dorms uh, at Southern Utah University, and we're like, okay, well we're here. Come let us in because you have to have a key card to get into the dorms. Well, people are moving out, and so the doors are all propped open. So we're like, well, let's just walk in. So we walk in. We go to her dorm room, which is also locked with a key card entry. And like you have to have three places where you put your key yeah. card. And we're like, which is great. It's really secure. But then we're like, okay, we're standing out front of your freaking door. Come open it. Nothing. So I'm like, call her. So she calls her. No answer. She calls her again. And I'm looking across the hall because her, I'm looking across the hall. her not boyfriend boyfriend uh, is across the hall. Um, she hadn't slept in her own bed in three weeks, but he's not her boyfriend. So, okay, you yeah. can have friends with benefits. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes you just need someone Look, to cuddle with. Here's the thing friends with benefits implies that you're not sleeping together every night. Maybe his bed I mean, was more comfortable than It's the <laughs> same bed. It's the same mattress. It's the same shitty fucking college dorm Maybe mattress. Maybe better pillows. The plastic dorm mattress for, you know, when kids pee on themselves or pee beds because they're too drunk. Anyway, throw up. so. And she calls her like a third time, and I hear her phone ringing from across the hall. Like, God damn it. So she like stumbles out of their room. With like a blankie and, and like sleep in her just eyes. A, just a shirt on. She probably had shorts on. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, she's like, uh, opens the door. We're like, fucking, we've been standing here for like 10 minutes, and we called you almost half an hour ago to tell you that we were in town already. Like, come on. So. Then we go back to her dorm room because so she so get into her apartment and then we go back to her actual room, which is wide open because that's just how they've always that. And she's the, there were only two girls left, and the last girl had actually already checked out. She just hadn't actually moved out left yet. So we so she's the last girl in her dorm room. We get to her room and it is literally a mountain of clothes. 
Like it's covered. I can't like, walk in. Chris is like, why aren't you walking in? No, the door is open. But he's like, go in. And I'm like, I can't. Like there's no place for me. And all hers. Yeah. It's all hers. All hers. Because wow. it's her private room. And it's just like. She hadn't picked up a thing. She hadn't packed a thing. She hadn't thought about packing a thing. She had I don't you just grab a bu- like a bunch it. of like hefty bags and start throwing things in. Well, I made so her pick like, up all her dirty clothes and put them in few, the hamper. We took a least. few boxes because there was clearly going to be stuff that we took down that we had to come back with. So some pots and pans that we got her, some knives, not pots and pans, but she, she, well, did up, end she up ended up with them. a pan but and a some pot. Some silverware, some knives, some bowls, and then, you know, other stuff, you know, for her desk. We knew we were going to have to bring back. So we took some stuff down. Because some of back. the stuff we just bought when we got there, because I'm like, I'm not going to buy it here when I can buy it there. Yeah. So anyway, so we, we, we pack up stuff. Her clothes, basically all of them dirty because she hasn't done laundry in over two weeks, uh, go into a hamper. And then she has, can I tell you how many fucking shoes this kid has? More, she has more shoes than I do, I think. It's insane. Like, I the suppliers. I just want to remind you of that. Uh, no. No, actually, most of her shoes are from her time working for Journeys. Oh, nice. Uh, and having a so discount. like Vans and... Oh, gotcha. They all look the same. In fact, they look so much they the same so that <laughs> when we were leaving... So I said, I said, pick out the clothes you're wearing today. And then she was staying Friday night and leaving Saturday. And pick out the clothes you're going to wear tomorrow. pick out the clothes you're going to wear tomorrow. And your shoes and your socks and your underwear and your bra. And, like, and, we'll and put it somewhere else. else so I don't pack it. Wait, wait a second. So you guys just went down to fill up your car and come back? Yes. And then she... Man, yeah. you guys yes. are awesome. Yeah. And so... I tell her to do all this (laughs) and I pack up all of her shoes and I like triple bag the shoes because there's a lot of shoes and it's heavy and they don't buy like, you know, like we're adults and we have enough money that we buy glad trash bags. We we buy the the stretchy kind. The stretchy ones. So So you can like like, throw a piece of glass and it doesn't break open. So like we, they buy like dollar store ones. They buy like the cheap ones, The ones that that are loaded with a perfumey smell. With no tie, with a little twist tie. No, they had the drawstring. They had like a drawstring, but it was like the store brand or something. But like the the bags just rip as soon as you put anything. So I, I had triple bagged her shoes and, and they were out thing or whatever. And, now it's time to make a run to the car. Now this is hours later and packing and I mean, we're, we've skipped a whole bunch to and get to this shoes, part of it. Those shoes are already in the car, by the way. I've already packed. Oh, that's right. They were already in the car. So I say, put on some shoes and help us take some stuff out. She also put on her shoes and she realizes she has pulled out shoes that don't match. Not only are they <laughs> now, it wouldn't have been so horrible because they're both they're both Tom's. Black. They're both black. Tom's, one had so. laces, one did not. But they're both the right shoe. Oh, that is a problem. So two right feet, different <laughs> shoes. That's how many shoes she has. Because they looked similar. And when I was her. packing them, I was mating them together. You should, and have, I, tied, you should have tied laces together. So well, like, so I was mating attached. them for this very reason. <laughs> but I had originally started packing them in a duffel bag, thinking that they would fit in the duffel bag. And then they didn't. So... When I switched over to the garbage bags, I thought, oh, I must have, like when I found these two shoes that didn't match in the closet, I thought I mismated them when I put them in the trash bag. I'd forgotten that I'd asked her to take a pair out. So I found the mismatched shoes when I was packing and I assumed I had made a mistake. No. So she went and just found like her roommates random like gigantic shoes because she has the teeniest feet. And so she's like wearing these big floppy shoes around so she can help us carry things out to the car. Yeah. So we are really nice parents. Yeah. I feel like there should be a lot of gratitude so we, coming from the strong. No, there was no her, gratitude. We actually asked her, 
How many other parents came down and helped people move out? Because come to find out, almost all of her roommates left on Wednesday. They were gone. And Tuesday and Wednesday, they were gone, we except go, for Taya. We, we go, uh, not Taya, Jamie. Um, oh, that's right. It was Jamie. A- anyway, so we go, how many other parents came down and helped people move out? None. So we're the only parents. So are you really two saying you guys are enablers? Uh, I'm yes, saying this will not happen again. <laughs> So, I, I am a very bad enabler. Although, okay. although to, to be honest, her, her plans next year in the summer are to stay down there and uh, go to school in the summer. I graduated my my first set of college, and I my mom and I packed my car, and she drove across country with me. But then I put it on a plane. So yeah, so and I don't know how she came up how how she got so much more shit. Like you just, I know you just acquire stuff as you grow older. I don't know that there's not. That there's that much more stuff. Yeah, there is. It's just that maybe her when roommates donated her, to her. Oh yeah, no, so, no, no. Yeah, so she did. got the she got the total classic. If you've ever had roommates and you've moved, <laughs> don't be the last fucking person to move. Right. <laughs> so when I was younger, uh, I had two roommates. Um, good friend of mine, Nate, who I had been a roommate with for. We lived in a couple different places together for quite some time. Um, and this other girl, Amanda. Well. Is that skinny Amanda, like Brad's wife? Amanda? No, you don't. You don't know Amanda. So we all lived in this house together downtown on in Ninth and Ninth area. And um, when we go to move out, Nate decides he's going to move to Chicago. So he left everything behind. And Amanda decides she's moving to Southern California. So I'm there, and they both move out, and I'm like, okay, I'll you know I'll clean the place and stuff because you know you guys have important deadlines and stuff to hit. Well, they left shitty washer and dryer, fucking mattresses, crappy couches. Like, legit, there was a driveway full of shit that I had to call a company to come dump. So, Utah Law, I've had over the last 10 years of living in my house, over two dozen roommates, I would say. You're insane. I got to pay the mortgage. Um, <laughs> so, uh, trust me, I would love to live alone. Um if somebody leaves something at your house, do 30 days before you can sell it, if it's sellable. Oh, yeah. No, I was like, oh, you guys can just keep it to the landlords. They're like, uh, it's a bunch of garbage. That sucks. So I called the DI, and they came and got what they could. There's still a bunch of shit left. So then I had to call up just a company to come check it out. So the boys Because they won't take mattresses, by the way. No, they don't. they don't. So the it's boys gross. across the hall are were half like exchange students. <clears throat> And they were boys, and so even though the girls were semi-messy, the boys were disgusting pigs. <laughs> and they hadn't even, like, it It looked like they were still living there. All right, let's be clear. And Girls are the most disgusting right, creatures bathroom, on the planet. Bathroom-wise, nope. like, seriously. Period, Okay, anyway, story. whatever. But, I, you're interrupting my story. <laughs> girls will clean up after themselves as they get older and realize mom's not there to do it. Boys never clean after My roommates themselves. never empty the dishwasher and the one has lived there for a year and a half and like you know where the dishes go hey, mine mine don't either even when i tell them i have to they don't mine are so. adults like over the age of 45 <laughs> so so the boys like their their kitchen slash living room area is a dump like it it looks terrible oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's it was horrible and so <clears throat> cassie's got all of this stuff out on the counter and she's like mom i don't want to throw this stuff away and i said we're not going to eat that. We're not going to eat that. We're not. I'm not taking all of this stuff back. 
So one of the runs that I made out to the car, as I came back, I, I walked in and I said, hey, Cass, the boys will never notice. Just take it all over there. So she, <laughs> she took, took the unopened pickles and the puddings and the weird rice, th- like all of that stuff. She just took it over, put it on their counter. They didn't even notice. They did decide because, you know, they have to clean everything before they can actually get oh signed God. off on the leave. So, they, so Cassie's job was cleaning the kitchen, by the way. So I helped her a little bit with that. But she so, she did most of that herself. So the boys decided to put the oven on self-clean. But they didn't oh, no. clean it out first. So they started a fire. Literally lit on fire. She runs across the hall. Mom, that boy's stove is on fire. I go walking over there and there's like smoke and it's acrid. So they've got all their windows open. (laughs) Her her not boyfriend had shut his door because he didn't want all of his crap to smell like the burned. Oh, it was disgusting. And it was totally like a slice of pizza that fell onto the oven surface (laughs) or something at some point and they never picked it off. It was gross. It was disgusting. So anyway, so then we go we go from that to um, we get back Friday. Um, we get back Friday, and and we had we had organized the the back of the CRV pretty well, and so we we got it unloaded in like a half an hour and had everything like put away. Like it didn't look well, like we brought anything. Well, the important thing home. was we unloaded it into Cassie's room. <laughs> well, so yeah, so Mostly. all the suitcases with her clothes and stuffed animals and stuff like that we put in in her room. Anything else we either placed in our stashes or whatever but essentially the house didn't look any different when she gets home a little bit later friday night uh or no, no friday, she saturday. got home saturday so then so then on friday night after that we're just exhausted right it's like seven hours of driving so saturday uh our youngest has prom she gets her hair done at one friend's her makeup done at another friend's then she has to go to her boyfriend's for pictures that whole thing so her boyfriend uh, lives up on South Mountain. And when I say up on South Mountain, I'll show you the pictures. The very tippity top of South Mountain. Like their balcony out their back looks over the entire valley. It's like a cliff. And there's no one that can ever be yeah. below them. So. They're on a private, the end of a private lane. Um, and we get there and dad, who is like enthusiast photographer, has like light shades set up. And, <laughs> and mom... Mom is trying to take pictures with her cell phone. And she's like, these lights are in my way. And he's like, I'll move them later and you can take iPhone pictures later. <laughs> so that They was... were super cute, super nice. And they listened to our podcast because they have their own podcast. Yeah. So that was, that was, uh, so then that was basically Saturday. Like there was really nothing else for us to do Saturday. So we, we trounced around doing prom shit. And then uh, we went to. I don't think I ever. Oh no! no. Before prom, before prom, uh, we helped Josh move. So they moved, uh, and so we did that in the morning on Saturday for a couple hours. In the evening, we went out to dinner, and then we went grocery shopping. Yeah, we did go grocery shopping. Then we went out to dinner uh, Saturday night um, at Gurus Spice House. (laughs) Great Indian food, and then. that was that was the weekend. We were just done by Sunday. And Sunday, yes. Well, we went through. We went through a bunch of stuff, but uh, I hung I hung a blackout curtain for Cass because the reason she always sleeps on our couch is she's like, my room is too hot, my room is too bright. So I'm like, well, I've had these blackout curtains for like three years. Maybe so I you're should. Like, hang you're them. not sleeping on the couch. Here's a curtain. So needless yes. to say, because um, I I enjoy having my front room back, my family room back. No squash has been planted. That's why I told all of those stories. So I didn't get to the squash. I hope to do it this weekend. It's not too late. It's not. In fact, I feel like I probably did it better anyway because it got so cold on the weekend. Uh, Freaking snow. Actually, it was a hard freeze. Yeah, I was going to say it snowed, so I'm guessing it got below zero. So yeah, that was an interesting drive back. 
The drive down there was fine, but the drive back, oh, we drove yeah, through several through storms. crazy storms. Hail and rain again. and snow and hell snow and snow, rain and like every single possible kind of weather happened as we drove. <laughs> and you could tell we were like driving in and out of the storms because they were happening so fast. Like we would drive into one side, like, you know, like little fingers of the storm or something. We would like drive through the edge of it or something and yeah. So what did you do this weekend, Jess? She made a cake. It was I got, beautiful. I got nothing after all that. <laughs> you got stuff. I, and I saw the cake. I saw pictures of the cake. It was really pretty. I really I liked did. that. So did, you see, did you see what I put on Facebook earlier today? Yes, I did. And Isn't I was going to ask if you wanted me to make those for you. But okay. I was like, I don't know if he's posting this because he thinks they're cool or because they're gross. So I got to be honest. They're so gross. for those of you that don't know, I posted some pimple popping cupcakes. cupcakes. They're disgusting. Um, it's just fondant with the frosting coming out of yeah, the and they look pretty gross. They're they're really good, actually, the way they did them. Uh, I posted them specifically for Brie. I like because to watch she, Dr. Pimper Popper. She likes watching. Uh, so does my mother. I you guys should hang out together. Gross. But I don't want to eat food that has a pimple on it. Thank yeah, you. Very it different. is fucking gross to watch that stuff. I've I've made some, I have made some pretty gross cakes, but yeah. I haven't made a pimple popper. I think the wedding, before. were the flowers real on top of it or were they frosting yes. flowers? No, I don't do. They, they looked real. I like real flowers. No, they were real. <laughs> they were real flowers. I mean, frosting, like fondant or whatever kind of flowers they are. I mean, some of them are really cool looking and I, and I appreciate all the artistry that goes into them, but I like real flowers on wedding yeah, cakes. Yeah, on a on a wedding cake, I prefer I prefer to do real yeah. flowers. What else did you do this weekend? That was it. Just make cake. Well, that was a relative's wedding, though. That right? was all of my Saturday. I worked. Yeah, but that was a, it takes a long time to make a cake like that. I didn't make it. I just I made it all last week. Cakes no. take a lot of time. They People do not realize how much. I'm actually working on another one this week. If you watch Cake Boss, you know that it's not just a day cake no, no like my carrot cake that i made was a day cake like i made it out which is why it was lopsided and not that's super right decorative but it was delicious but my boss licked the container but yeah to make to make a really decorative cake with the molds and the cutting and the what have you that that takes a lot of time yes it does and a lot of since you don't have like a blast chiller no uh it's you know a little bit of layer throw it you know crumb layer throw it in the fridge for a while pull it out do some more throw it in the fridge right Totally, just like that. Is it really? No. She just checks it in there. <laughs> She's like, ah, it's not. She's, <laughs> she has a spe- she has a special cake fridge, no, so she can just I throw wish. them in there. I actually, the fridge that I do have, I bought because of how many cakes I was making, and I had a side by side, and they just weren't fitting, and so yeah, I bought a new fridge. Are so small, like three years ago. Is it one of the double doors on top? It's a, that and a drawer on the bottom. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome. So those are great. They are great. Is it one of those cool ones where you can press a button and see what's inside? Uh, it actually came out right before that. It has a secret door, though. Oh, I so. like that one. I also drove the perimeter of Utah Lake, which was really cool. Did you get I love al- that drive. Did you get any algae on you? No. It's too early in the season to tell. <laughs> I jumped in the lake for crying out loud, and I lived and to she tell survived. about it. Yeah, she's, she's more of a survivor than Jeremy at this point. <laughs> yeah. And look at all of my hair. Yep. She still has all of her <laughs> hair intact. It's not falling out. Yeah, don't worry, it will. You live in Saratoga Springs. There's got to be some yeah. sort of nuclear I'm waste a, I there. don't live in Saratoga Springs, but yeah. Or Eagle Mountain. <laughs> it's the same fucking place. It's the same place. That's like saying Kearns and West Valley are the same place. If you cross our street, well, it's I'm sorry, fucking West Valley. I live in Kearns. <laughs> yeah. If you cross okay, that I don't street care. right there. I l- oh, one of Cassie's little dorm mate people, though, oh, the lives in our neighborhood. Lives in our neighborhood. Oh, that's cool. 
Yeah, so he came over hey, and visited I just, her on I Sunday. just want to say, because, you, you know, cake making does take a lot of time. It does. Like hours. And people are always like, oh, how long did that take you? And I, and I would say, do you want to know with, with the baking time or just the decorating and assembling time? Plus, it depends on, like, the cake that I did this last weekend was all... Um, cream cheese and buttercream frosting <laughs> versus a fondant cake with intricate details and how long, like the cake that I'm making this week, I have one day to do it. Well, I, I've already assembled it, but to decorate it, I only have one day because when I got hired to do it, I forgot that I have plans on Thursday night <laughs> and they need it on Friday. So I have tomorrow to work Speaking on Speaking of, I'm guessing the plans are May the 4th. No, they're not. I am not going. Travis knows that. We've already talked about it. I already groveled and I'm not going either, but But it'll be awesome. You have a standing Thursday thing. thing. It's hard for me to do stuff. Yeah. So so. um but yeah, Travis's show is this Thursday. It's still five dollars. And he's giving away stickers. So why wouldn't you want stickers? There's no drink there's no drink minimum either for his show, is there? No. Yeah, so that's a big that's a big deal. If you know the comedy world usually shows like this. You have like a two drink minimum or, you know, you have to order food or something like that. But there is, no. there is nothing. You can like order food. They have really good nachos there. They, do. they have really good food actually at uh, at um, Wise Guys. Yes. So. Yes. So go to that. You have plenty of time to to go. Uh, I guess that leads us into events. Yeah. Well, also <laughs> the 4th is May the 4th. It is May the 4th. Which is. So be and prepared. then I've heard May the 5th be with. No, no. What is fifth. it? Revenge of the, the Revenge of the Revenge of the Fifth. fifth. Yeah, but, which I think is kind of cute. Yeah, except for the fifth is already taken. It's Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. So, We're having a nacho bar at work. <laughs> so okay, so actual it's Mexicans right. don't really celebrate Cinco de Mayo. Only Americans celebrate. That's okay. I don't give a shit. So you know what Cinco every, de Mayo means? Cheap tacos at every fucking Mexican fast food. No, place it in the means valley. May fifth. <laughs> I think it actually means 5th of May, if yes. you want to translate exactly. <laughs> no, but if you translate appropriately, it means May 5th. Uh, this it is means, your language lesson It means day. cheap tacos at Mexican fast food places. Yes. And it means my, and my Mexican It means yeah. my Mexican counterpart at work will send out a sink picture with a thing that says mayo on it. That's my favorite meme, by the way. I'm Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> it's my favorite no, every year. No. So prepare for your internet to be no. filled with Cinco de Mayo and the and May the Fourth. No. I like working for Volkswagen because of that. Because we have done actually, we did our Star Wars commercial a few years ago. Hey, let for me Super ask Bowl. you: Have yeah. you met Hans and Franz? Uh, one of them. Can you tell them to shut up? Are they, <laughs> are they beefy? No. Do they have? No. Do and they I actually think rights? one of them just moved to California, so he does all of his voice work there. I just so think it's, it's funny not, because they're not real people. No, they were at Son one time. They will bump you up. I just think it's funny because I wonder how many people around still actually remember. Probably none, yeah. and it, and it's we we have most people don't like it, but it's really funny because if you listen to like Strong's commercials or anyone else's, they're just as annoying. They're they commercials, are. and no, guess what? They, they get you talking, and that's all that matters. So, but which ones do you remember? You remember the stupid ass Hans and Franz, and you know they're from VW Southtown, so. That's right, that's and that's why we sell. That's why we're the number one volume dealer in Utah. So can't be mad about it. It's true. I just don't want to listen to them talk. That's okay. You, they come and go. Um, our general manager does a lot of our commercials now, which has been totally awesome. Are you stuck on your cord, Chris? 
Not anymore. Oh, how did that even happen? I didn't even know your cord was long enough. Oh, it is. Don't worry. I got long cords. Whoa. So do you want to talk about events? I do. I do. That's what we've been talking about. This weekend, everything, everything is starting. So everything, everything, everything. ready, set, go. I know I even had to That's like, because it's Cinco de Mayo. I know. Minimize it down for next weekend too. So like we said, Travis's show, uh, Thursday at Wise Guys go. It's $5. You will be dumb not to go because he's hilarious and he is a friend of the program friend of the show we need to come up with like a cool term for that because everyone just is a friend of the show or a friend of the podcast so let's think of something cool somebody send us something cool anyways um saturday we could call them friends of utah friends friends of the new utah um that kite festival uh the pakistan association kite with a t yep uh the basant kite festival up at university of utah which is at 155 central campus this is the exact uh location you can buy kites up there but make sure to take cash uh they'll also have food vendors and entertainment mm-hmm. um, it'll be really awesome you can go buy a kite can i tell you how Let's freaking hungry i am go i know our interview kite made up. i I love yeah, we didn't even talk about that at the start of the show. I guess it's too late now. Nope, it's okay. We'll get there. Uh, also, this weekend is our uh, friend, Dr. Nate Stonehaven Dental. Oh, yeah, that's right. They're oh, are you going to go, babe? No. <laughs> their Stonehaven Smiles on Saturday at their Lehigh and Draper location from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. They are offering three different dental services. You can choose between one of them, either a cleaning, an extraction, or a filling um, as Dr. Nate said last week, there's plenty of services for kids in Utah, but they wanted to do something for everyone. So it gives a good opportunity for adults that, you know, m- might be afraid or haven't been to the dentist to go get a tooth taken care of. Um, then we also have the first urban flea market of the season is Woo. Sunday. Yes. Is that the, that's not the swap meet. Never no, mind. this one is on six South and main street in the parking lot next to the, was that Robin or whatever the coffee shop there is on six South. It's, they do yeah. it in that parking lot Okay, yeah. and it goes from nine to three and it's cool. It's fun. I like it. Uh, let's see. Also, our good friend Harriet Winston is having a oh, Tupperware, yeah, Tupperware party. party. Yeah, on Sunday at Club X, it's ten dollars, and with that you get a little uh, gadget. It's at two o'clock, and uh, it's not a vibrator. No, <laughs> a Tupperware vibrator. That would be cool. Would I bet it would be time. washable. It would last forever. You could put yeah, it you right. Put Isn't it? that Tupperware's claim to fame? Pretty much. You can put it in the dishwasher. You can run that. <laughs> you can run that shit over. Harriet told me to tell everyone it's going to be a good time and bring your credit cards. But they'll also have like buy on the spot cash stuff that yeah. are like limited, limited items. So and the well, bar is open. Tupperware. And, you have the and Harriet, <laughs> Harriet told me, Harriet told me they will drive a car over one of the Tupperware bowls. <laughs> Just, or Kia Soul. That's a lie. That's a lie. <laughs> and then it, if it breaks, they're just going to drive Are it you off. just, is this like the lying episode? Chris lies about everything. Well, if you watch Napoleon Dynamite ever, you would understand that reference. Uh, yeah. Uncle Rico's fucking van. I'm never going to watch that Kim, show. Kim fucking puts the bowl underneath the tire and then backs over it and it shatters and he goes, oh, just fucking drives off. Yeah, I'm never watching that show. 
<laughs> it's funny every time. Oh, a couple weekends ago, I actually drove up to, I was in Logan because I sold some pallet furniture and I told them I would deliver it because I love that drive. And so I went up to Richmond, which is where the restaurant where Kit meets LaFonda. <laughs> but it's not, it's not there anymore. It's just like a yeah. cement pad. Um, had I gone a little further, because I also went up to Idaho um, to get some more lottery tickets, the chicken farm is just up the street from the lottery <laughs> tickets. But I told, I turned around and I was driving and I was like, oh, I totally forgot to go to the Fucking chicken farm. Chicken farm. <laughs> Fucking cracks that I can't egg. even understand what you just said. <laughs> cracks that egg into the damn orange juice and stirs it up. And then he drinks it and he's like, mm. <laughs> Jeremy's going to be really mad that we're talking about fully dynamite with Poppin. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Um, Bree's just like, I fucking hate you guys right so now. So one more, one more cool thing for this week, and then I'll talk about a couple for next week. Our good buddy, David J. West, has a new book. Oh, nice. The sequel to uh, Scavengers is called Crazy Horses, and it is uh, coming out. So you can get that on Amazon. Um, check out all of his books. If you know, It's really cool how he's tied in Utah history with these uh, sci-fi and Western. I mean, Utah's blessed, but uh, he's a really cool dude. Uh, so, uh, speaking of local authors, uh, Miss Eliza Crosby, who's also a friend of the show, um, she has a book release. Her book just came out, and it's called Eyeball Mysteries, and it's about a kid that has a like an electronic eye, and it's like all the adventures that he goes on that he like. I don't know if he so imagines he's like a them cy- or cyborg guy. Yeah, yeah, and it so it's it's really kid friendly, and they're having a release party on the thirteenth, and that's in Taylorsville, and it's released on Amazon. Um, the Fear Factory, which is downtown, is doing halfway to Halloween, uh, haunted house, on the twelfth. It's always cool to have the, the haunted houses. That's one thing. And I, I know we talked about this, but Utah is a huge haunted house mecca. And so you've got Nightmare on 13. Castle you've got of Castle of Chaos. You've got Fear Factory. You've got... Um, Area, Area, I almost said Area 51. <laughs> <laughs> no, Asylum the, 49. The, you've got the Asylum in Tooele. Um, <laughs> That's close. It's only two off. Right. <laughs> I mean, those are just some of the major haunted houses that we have here. And most of them do And then you've got all events. of the outdoor maze. Things. The corn mazes, you've got the haunted hollows, um, the haunted forests. Um, What's the clown one? Oh, the 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 circus one. Um, it just moved. It, it moved from Salt Lake down to Utah County this year. Mm-hmm. But it's really cool. And that one, that it's one just pops really up. Cool. It is. It's no. awesome. <laughs> it's Going not. through the back of semi truck trailers <laughs> the whole time. It's pretty cool. Um, Anyway, so we've got all these great haunts, and a lot of them do special events like this, where they'll yeah. be open for a weekend or open for you know Friday or the 13th. Every Friday the 13th, they usually yeah. have something. It is cool. So some of them run escape rooms, and what you could do is do an escape room at, say, like Castle of Chaos, and then go to Bumblebee. Yes. We <laughs> talked about escape rooms when we were picking up Sean's corsage, because apparently there were like 32 fucking kids going in like a group. Di- it, no, like what, literally 32 kids. 32? 30, 32 kids on a group prom date. First off, that's fucking in insane. A, but in an escape room, that's and then going to an unreal. Room. Yeah. I'm sure they made How would you even I'm time sh- manage that? I'm sure, I'm sure they, they had to split hopefully, them out. Hopefully they had one smart kid in there that got them out. Hopefully fast. they did it in their prom clothes and fucked them up in the <laughs> escape room. So I just want to bring up two other events um, that are next weekend. Not this weekend, but next weekend. Just because one of them you have to register for. But the Provo Rec Center is celebrating their fourth anniversary. They're having a cake fight. <laughs> 
Well, that's oh, fucking awesome. I know. When I saw this, I was like, that's the coolest thing ever. That is so awesome. <laughs> so you do have to register with the Provo Rec Center. Um, that's on the 13th. And then... We need to talk to the Ochre Park Recreation Center. No, group. because I absolutely love that idea. I think that it's fun and it's silly. And it was it is something I would never, ever be able well, to participate in ever in the history. We need to talk about doing history. it because I would totally do it. Okay, I, I, all I would be able to think of the whole time is having to Is the great up. race. With Tony Curtis and Jack Lemon. No. Of having to, <laughs> I would just have to think about cleaning it up. No, it's not your job. When there are big messes, I can't help it. I all I can think about hey, is Gina, how it has eat to your be dinner, you fat, fat lord. lord. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so our our good our good buddies uh over at Time and Place, buddies, I mean Melinda, is doing a pop up shop with Beehive Floral on Mother's Day. Because next weekend is Mother's Day. Oh, motherfucker. Yes. Not no. the not the sixth, but the other day, right? No, but the other day. The the, the, the weekend of the thirteenth and fourteenth is what I'm talking about. Yeah. But they time and places teamed up with Beehive Floral and they're doing thirty five dollar um bouquets of just these amazing flowers and hey, you can go in and build That's them really in. cool. And you guys should do that. And this is also a friendly reminder to get your fucking mom something for Mother's Day. If your mom's not with us anymore, either you can get her something too, some nice flowers. Yeah, or your grandma, yeah. or... Uh, Somebody who you think of as your mom. Or, you know, if you know a mom that's a friend, get them something. Yeah. Do Send a card. Nice. Mother's Day is one of the only made-up holidays that I actually give a shit about. The only holiday I get to celebrate is my birthday. Why don't you get to celebrate any other holidays? Because I'm not a mom. Well, that's not true. a dad. Mother's Day is not Mother's Day is not celebrating. We should have cake, you. Lady Day. <laughs> Bring well, me I'm, all the cake. Look, I'm sure there is a National Cake Lady. Day. Do you There's know what? I people. So day. my neighbors are always well. Now they've all moved. So, but they would be so cute and make me treats, and they were always afraid to like give them to me. Like I would be judgy and i'm always so honored when people take time to make something for me i just really love that that does remind me i am supposed to make something for dinner here at some point yeah you were supposed <laughs> to do it for tonight no uh no for our anniversary is what we're saying. oh that's right we're, we're doing a, we're doing a big <laughs> shindig of just the four of us probably the any, big shindig of just the four of us any other we uh, can have a big shindig. any other events um no but we just need to tell our friend peter in um our irish friend our irish friend yes so he posted this amazing picture um on instagram on sod show uh which is where you can find him. <laughs> can you read this? that chris here is peter peter has a ball peter also has a terrible haircut fuck's sake peter have a word with yourself <laughs> So I just want to make sure he's having a word with himself. Although he does, Peter in in Ireland doesn't have a bowl cut like that kid. So has. so cute, cute little Cassidy and, and her non boyfriend. He's an Irish boy. He is Irish. Does he have a bowl cut? He does not. Does he need to have a conversation with himself? Well, <laughs> well he probably. needs to learn how to park her car because he keeps what parking kind of out on the wrong side. Basketball is it in this children's book? That looks like like one of the just plastic bouncy balls, but with basketball lines. Peter, what kind of basketballs do you have in Ireland? Do you even know what a basketball is, Peter? That doesn't. I don't think it's a basketball. I mean, do they? It play, looks like a volleyball. Do they play basketballs? Basketball with potatoes in Ireland? I <laughs> don't know. I mean, what do you do for fun in Ireland? So this little book says he's a horticulturist. What's so he the plays new word? So he, he grows shit. Okay. Yes, he grows shit, and uh, they drink, and uh, they fight. 
Is that what you're going to say next? They, they play do, soccer. They do fight. <laughs> I was going to say they play football, real They're, football. They drink, they fight, and they play soccer. They're Irish. Pretty much. You are a fucking racist. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Although, so so Cassie's little dorm people across the hall apparently like one of they had like some vodka or something in the fridge when the RA came over and they're too stupid to take it out and one of the guys was watching soccer and I guess it was a big game and he wouldn't pay attention to the person that was like they were trying to convince him to let him stay and Cassie's little not boyfriend Irish guy was smooth talking them and, and getting them to convince this other guy but he wouldn't pay attention. He's like, can you at least look at me? And the kid was like, no, because this is the biggest soccer game and whatever. And I'm not going to look away from her. So they kicked him out and he had to like wander around the, <laughs> the grounds because he's an exchange student. He has nowhere to go until the he's next an exchange day. student from Ireland. He was an exchange yeah. student. Whoa. Alex wasn't kicked out. Alex was from Ireland. It was one of the other. Exchange yeah, it was students. one of the other exchange students. So we're going to talk about some news. Speaking of, of colleges and universities, um, this whole fucking clusterfuck up at the University of Utah. Whoa. And I feel like this Institute. was like like brewing underneath and it just took that one moment for all of this to come to so, light. So, all right. We'll kind of. We'll kind of chronicle events. We talked a little bit about it last week. Uh, we talked a lot about it last week. So uh, Mary Burkle was fired about uh, two weeks ago, April 17th. She was fired uh, by email. Um, and really the way people found out about it was John Huntsman Sr. said, uh, I'm going to sue the shit out of the University of Utah for what's going on here. I've heard tell that this uh, that Ms. Lee has a bad habit of firing people yeah. by email. So, um Vivian Lee, who was the head of the university medical school, um, she was uh, what is it like the vice president of university health or something like that, or CEO of university health. Um, dean, so basically, well, she was the dean of the U school, the U, U medical, medical school, school, and, and the she's CEO the CEO of, of university, university health. Um, so, basically, what happened was um, Mary Burkle has been CEO of the Cancer Institute for a while. Um, everyone seemed to love her. Um, Vivian Lee comes in and from all accounts, it looks like a power play. So the university really hasn't said a whole lot about it. Um, basically after threats of lawsuits, um, the board reinstated, uh, Burkle, Beckerl, whatever, Mary Becker. I don't know how to I say it. I think it's Beckerl. Uh, anyway, um, and Vivian Lee resigns. Now... Uh, David Pershing. Well, and so in dun, as, dun, dun. as part of that resignation um, uh, of Dr. Vivian Lee, uh, the president of the university, David Pershing, said, uh, "Now with with Mary reinstated, she's going to report directly to me. She won't report to uh, the CEO of University Health anymore. Uh, she reports directly to me." And now he's going to resign. But he said he wanted to retire way before all of this yeah, happened. Yeah, so he, he said he was planning on retiring Jeez. at the end of the year, <coughs> at the end of the school year. But now he's going to do it. He said seventeen, the seventeen eighteen school year. So he was going to do another year and then resign. We can turn chaffetzing into a verb. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we'll talk about that piece of shit, too. Um, so anyway. That's so close to chafing. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, he uh, so he's resigning. Uh, he's resigning early, um, and basically, he said, "I want them to actually be able to find someone to to take over this position." My guess is this is not. Um, well, he wants them to find someone to take over his position, so that whoever fills in Lee's position isn't 
it's that position by, isn't it's chosen by, by the new university. Yeah, it's right. picked by the new university. So they can so. hopefully work together in better harmony, I'm guessing. So hopefully they'll find someone good. Um, this whole thing has been one giant shit show. Uh, and there's a, I mean, there's a lot going on here that we're not talking about. I mean, there's, there's allegations of, we probably of, don't know about, I mean, there's allegations specifically, there's one allegation, um, surrounding Vivian Lee of taking money from one donation, like $12 million donation or something, and then funneling that money back into a contractor owned by the group that gave the $12 million donation and they funnel like 10 million of that 12 million back into the business owned by this it's like laundering money. I, I mean, that's what it's, I mean, legit, that's what it sounds like. Um, you know, or, you know, allowing a charitable donation of $12 million that then 10 million comes back and total tax issues there. Um, so there's, there's a bunch of allegations surrounding that whole thing. So, I'm sure we will hear more of this. The The legislature is probably going to open an investigation because they can, and our Republican Congress likes to do that here in the state of Utah. Uh, I actually think this might be a place where it's appropriate to do an investigation. Unlike the stadium? Yeah, unlike the bullshit like athletics yeah, department The stadium, thing. the, the game or department. whatever it was, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's if you want to read, there's lots to read on it. Um, it's very, uh, very interesting. Um, I'll let uh, one of you guys talk about this story because I, I kind of wanted to break up the news a little bit and do some good stuff and some bad stuff and some crazy stuff. So uh, we'll let uh, one of you guys talk about the guy in West Jordan. That makes the little cars? Yeah. This poor little dude. It's kind of a sad story, right? Well, I mean, it's a it starts out all heartwarming and sweet, and then it turns into the sad story because it's, it's this old man, Alton Thacker, who is 82 years old. And he has been, for the past 15 years, making these little wooden cars that they give to kids who many have never received a gift or don't have toys. And all of his labor is all, they're all volunteers and they're all old people. So like their average age is like 80. There's like a 92-year-old guy that is going blind and he puts the wheels on and he does it all by touch and he says it helps to make him he feel useful. He's having the time of his life. Yeah. Cuz they you know they're they're amongst their peers and they he says we otherwise we're just sit around waiting to die. Well, it's pretty phenomenal that he he makes I believe they said what 85,000 85, of these a year, a year that he gives away. And Every single one of the materials are donated. So and that's donated time, donated right. materials. And and until most until recently the building has been donated. And now it's not going to be donated anymore. And so Well someone specifically was paying his rent for the last six years. I thought it was donated. No, so the building wasn't donated, but he had someone paying his rent for anyway, six years. And now they're not going to do that anymore. And so um, oh yeah, a man has paid my rent for six years now. It's twelve hundred dollars a month, and despite the donations, some of the cars still they still take two dollars to make, and so the the free rent has been welcome. And he's been using his own funds to to kind of make ends meet, and he can't do it now that he has to pay a rent. So it's kind of sad. I mean, really cool that that kind of stuff's happening in Utah, but, but you could visit sad. his website if you'd like to help him pay the rent, though. We can link to that. Unfortunately, it's not on this yeah, article. Yeah, it's not in the article, which was really stupid. I mean, I think it's linked in the it article. It is. Visiting it his is, website is a link, but it's, <laughs> that doesn't help you if you're reading off of a piece of paper. <laughs> or we're talking about it on podcast. So we, we do like to talk about 
cool things that kids do. Um, this kid is so, the coolest. I mean, sometimes. <laughs> I think sometimes, Josh. Should, I think Josh should do this story because she gets the giggles and it's funny. <laughs> some, sometimes the cool things that kids do are, uh, you know like an all girls engineering team that's beating the shit out of everyone in the nation in robot competitions. But sometimes it's just kids trying to scheme shit. (laughs) (laughs) But this is a cool kid. (laughs) This kid, uh, went viral out of Eagle mountain and, um, he is seven years old. His name is Nathan Anderson. And he went home, he went home with a note from school. And I'm glad that I get to tell this story because I have a note story too. (laughs) Um, he and he showed it to his parents and the note was written on a five by seven piece of paper. Um, his mom uploaded the picture and it was definitely an elementary writing. It's I like saw a pencil. The picture. Yeah, it's totally <laughs> funny. And so it just said that he had been doing good in all of his classes. Um you know, except for video game class, which that was where the warning, you know, came. It wasn't the writing. It was the, <laughs> the, the video He's game He's been class. doing terrible in video yeah, game class. So the note read, if he does not stay up all night playing video games, he will get kicked out of school. And that's three exclamation <laughs> points, by the way. So, <laughs> and so it even gave his parents the option to allow him to play on any platform of video games. <laughs> So he could play so Xbox, PlayStation. He, yeah. He brought it home and set it on their table and... And he didn't admit to anything, and but you know, obviously, she knew what was going on, especially because it was signed from you know, the school. I, yes, I gotta, I gotta be honest with you. If she didn't know that it was fake, um, <laughs> she <laughs> well, probably shouldn't be fucking allowed she, to have kids. She said the note might have not been official, but his creativity did earn him thirty extra minutes of video game time that Friday night. It was Friday, so, yeah, yeah. I gotta commend that parent first of all for for regulating video game time on their kid. Um, it's crazy how much time kids spend watching TV and playing video games these days and not outside, enjoying outside. Uh, yes. So I'm commending that. However, I will say this. That kid's on to something. Fucking, <laughs> fucking people that play video games. Okay, Hello, so, we just had that story about how the University of Utah is yeah, not part of that competition. So I, I, I've been talking about this uh, with some folks this week and over the weekend. So uh, Twitch is twitch.tv is a huge video game watching site. So you remember like the name Cutie Pie maybe? Mm-hmm. It was kind of the first guy that, that actually watched, you know, had videos of gameplay with commentary over top of it. Well, out of that was kind of born this service, twitch.tv. Twitch.tv is a, is a, you just get on there and you can watch just about any fucking game on the planet being played on your computer. Like you just watch someone play the game and they talk to their, there's a chat feature and they're talking to people. So here's the thing. There are professional gamers out there. There are people that go to competitions and make thousands of dollars a year and have sponsorships. And there are people that are on Twitch TV. There's a guy down in Colorado. He's like in Colorado Springs, Colorado. The dude has like 24, 25,000 subscribers on Twitch TV. So Twitch.tv, a, subscri- a subscription is five bucks a month to subscribe to a channel. They get about half that. Hmm. Dude's making $50,000 a month just on subscriptions to fucking play video games and stream them online. My brother. My brother needs to do that. <laughs> on top of So on top of that, you can donate directly to the person that's streaming. And I've watched people, like there was at one point, I was watching a guy play Magic the Gathering online, and some dude's like, okay, for the next 10 minutes, I'm going to match everyone's donation. Dude made like two grand in 10 minutes. Whoa. 
$2,000. And I've seen people drop $1,000 in a donation before while watching someone. I'm like... So this kid you, knows is basically like how, what you're saying. Yes, he's on to something. His mom should let him play games and uh, maybe he can pay their uh, mortgage. Do you want to hear my note story? Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> Just I do. his note story. <laughs> my note story. Uh... Clearly, I've always been a sass. You can ask my mom. Um, You've always been software as a service? Yes. <laughs> yes. You're the only one that cares about that. <laughs> Chris is cracking himself up. Anyways, I was in fifth grade, and we had reading time, and I used to draw all the time. That's all I did in any grade. And my teacher would not let me draw during reading time and so I wrote her a letter saying how it was my right to be able to draw because we weren't doing anything else except for listening <laughs> and she sent it home to my mother <laughs> and, and I was grounded from MTV. I never actually officially got ungrounded from MTV. So do you watch it now? Yeah. I want my Yeah, MTV. because now they've gone back to their old format so it's Have awesome. Really? Yeah, it's amazing. So they play all old videos. Anyways, so I need to, while my mom's getting ready to gut her house, I should probably ask her if she has that somewhere. My kids wrote essays in, along the same vein because Cassie wanted a phone and I was like, well, why do you need a phone? And so she wrote But like, she wrote it to you. She didn't write it to the teacher telling no, her. No, no. <laughs> she wrote an essay. So when Sean wanted her phone a little bit earlier than Cassie wanted her phone, I didn't tell her to. She just like delivered me an essay. <laughs> <laughs> because her sister got Love a phone from kids. getting the, the essay. So I brilliant. have two cell phone essays from my children about why they should have cell phones. That's brilliant. All right. So I want to talk about something stupid too. Um, Breastfeeding is not stupid. Well, <laughs> kicking the mom out of the freaking so this, room. This woman, this woman, this happened up in, in Davis County, I think Bountiful or something where there's a North Farmington. Tramac. Whatever. It's all the same bullshit up there. Um, <laughs> so Nordstrom Rack, um, it's their discount, like old shit's going out of style. So it doesn't matter. Anyway, so this lady goes in, she's feeding her baby in a bathroom. Specifically like, breastfeeding her baby. Yeah, breastfeeding her baby in a bathroom on a fucking chair that's probably in the bathroom to breastfeed. Yeah, because, like, who wants to just sit in the bathroom and rest? Like, there is a chair there specifically for a nursing mother. I'm sure that's why they put it there. But I have, I'm going to play devil's advocate on this story. Why did she get mad when she, because if the, if the person asked her to go into a dressing room. Because she had to interrupt. So, but here, yeah, so, so as, a, as a breastfeeding mom. Here, here's when that milk comes down, it hurts, <laughs> and no, it comes I've down, and it doesn't. Stories. It doesn't stop. Chris and I first will never off, understand. First off, no. <laughs> who's the stupid bitch that went and complained that a mother was breastfeeding in the fucking women's bathroom in a chair? But it made her feel uncomfortable. Fuck her. Go use a different bathroom. Period of the subject. That's the same thing that happened to me. So we went. You were breastfeeding in the bathroom. I mean, I was. I had my tit out, <laughs> and I was like, there was a baby. I got a lot of weird looks. <laughs> They're like, you should be in the dude's bathroom. I got I nipples. Can you milk me? Yeah. So Baby anyway. Carlos. <laughs> All right. That's not uh, what he meant exactly. No. So anyway, okay. So I'm in, I'm in Cole's department store. This is a few years ago. And uh, I'm there with Sean and Bree and we're looking for clothes for Sean. And Sean is tiny. And at the time, the only clothes that fit her were kids' clothes. 
Like in the little kid department. Like little kid department clothes. So she's going to try stuff on. So I go sit in the dressing room. I'm not in the dressing room with her. At the end of the hallway of dressing rooms, in the kids area, they have a chair for you to sit to wait for your kids to come out and show you when they try stuff on. Now we are in the girls area, but these are all closed dressing rooms. Like he's in, he's by the open door. Well, they're not even closed, but they're, it's like around a corner too. Right. And he's like by the, the place where you can like look in and see anyway. So it's like, if you're standing there without your clothes on, like the whole store can see. So I'm sitting there waiting. She's in there with Sean as they're changing. And I'm just fucking around on my phone. I'm playing a game, waiting for them to be done or come out and show me whatever they're going to show me. And during this time, there's kids crawling under all the fucking dressing room doors. That, like little boys like, crawling under the girls' ba- dressing room doors. So an employee comes up to me. Uh, Sir, uh, I can, can I ask you to, to leave the dressing room area? Uh, why? Well, we've had complaints that you're sitting over here and it's creeping people out. Like, are you fucking <laughs> kidding my kids in there, you stupid piece of shit? I'm not going to fucking move just because someone is uncomfortable that a father happens to be there with their daughter. Like, I, I mean, I was there, so like it wasn't a huge, huge deal. But what if he had been there alone with Sean? I'm not going to fucking Why can't move? anybody ever look at the big picture? I just don't understand Because that, but, they're fucking stupid. But, but they're all so those little boys off. that were actually physically crawling under while my daughter is actually changing down to her underwear, that's okay because they're little? No. Yeah. Like, no. Kids like, are perverts, too. To be honest yeah. with you, it was probably their mother that complained. Uh, probably. Um, and legit, he was, like, by the open door. So, yeah, anyway, like, people who complain about stupid things like this are so, just stupid. Now, Nordstrom has come back and said, look, that employee, we didn't do a good job training that employee. He should have not told her to move. Like, she was perfectly fine doing what she was doing where she was doing it. Yes, a dressing room would be a fairly private place to do it. But like Bree said, you can't really just unlatch and be like okay stop fucking take your mouth off and let's button up and go no, all the way across the store walk straight through that <laughs> store with the baby attached <laughs> to the dressing room and i'm totally fine with that by the way can i tell you if i see a woman breastfeeding in public you go girl that's fucking normal i don't care i'm not looking at your boob while there's a baby attached to it and thinking anything sexual and anyone that does <laughs> probably should be fucking locked up anyway <laughs> I just—I know Bates. you're looking at me like you think that. No, that's I just want to make a norm. No, I just want to make a Norman Bates comment. <laughs> I believe you. It's just—it's—it's it's a normal thing to feed a fucking baby. And most, by the way, most women that I I know that breastfeed, guess what? I've watched women breastfeed at soccer games. You know what they do? They throw a fucking blanket over top of the baby's face. Right. They cover. Most the women don't just. W- I mean, there are a few that just. Yeah, do. There are a few that are like. Can this episode it. be called Chris supports breastfeeding? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, seriously, it's like first of all, shouldn't she be complaining that she's in the bathroom that smells like like women's farts and everything else and feeding her kid? Yeah, women do fart. By the way, people, yes. you heard it here. So I mean, I'm stink. just saying, uh, if anybody should be offended, this lady should be offended that. People are taking shit while she's trying to feed her baby. Because yeah. who would want to eat in the bathroom? Maybe like like Fashion Place Mall has the actual nursing rooms that are private rooms mm-hmm. with the glass doors. They're like smoked glass or whatever it is. Speaking of women, there have been wandering cougars. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Not so. This is what's so cougars are. They they do happen. They're around here. It's the big cats that live in this area. But this is something that's really cool about Utah is our is our wildlife. Yeah, we have a lot of wildlife. And if you get up into the the East Bench up on South Mountain, I'm sure they see them. Uh, but this that's was the a, East Bench. Uh, whatever this this was downtown Salt Lake. Like this this cougar was legit. Like they 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 had to put it down. Uh, unfortunately, was in somebody's well, backyard. Smith, Smith's ballpark. I mean, that yeah, you don't get much. Thirteen south. That's thirteen south. And where they actually ended up putting it down was like like fourth west and second Some, south. In or somebody's something. backyard. They should have called in Billy the exterminator. So mm-hmm. they unfortunately they had to put it down because of the time, and they can't just tranquilize it at night. Because it could go run off and they won't find it and could become aggressive and stuff when it wakes up. So that's kind of sad, but really cool that we have, um, you know, wildlife in, in Utah. In fact, we have so much wildlife in Utah. Um, you know, anytime you have people encroaching on wild habitat, you have When they problems. built 73 going out to Eagle Mountain, this was a huge deal. When they built... Um, huge. When they built uh, Legacy. Remember yeah, that was huge too. You know, the balloons yeah. tied to them and shit. Um, but so the Utah Department of Transportation is going to spend five million dollars to put in an overpass for wildlife uh, up in I up on I eighty. I just want to know, like, is there going to be a conversation with these animals? Like, okay, guys, this is where you well, need to be, cross. There will be signage. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're going to put. They up, can read. They're going to the put animals up animal will crossing like... signs. They're just going to spray it with a bunch of animal urine. The um, <laughs> Well, they're going to put some fencing up to hopefully like keep them from being yeah, able so to... Yeah, like so they'll, they'll put fencing on the sides of the freeway um, and, you know, give them a funnel to get into that area. Um, but the, the the thing is, is up by Parley Summit where they're going to do this, there's been 122 deer, 13 moose, 4 elk, the 3 niece. mountain lions. And in a two partridge years. in a pear I mean, in two tree. years, that's a lot that of That is a animals. lot. <laughs> and if you've ever hit a deer in a car... It fucks or up a your moose. car. Wow, a, a deer, which is the smallest of the animals. Well, okay, the mountain lion's smaller, but the, really, a deer is the smallest of those animals. Can you imagine hitting a moose? You would be dead. Yeah, it's like a cross between a cow and a horse, and they're fucking mean. And if you hit one, your car would be totaled. Yeah, How traumatizing would that be too? So uh, it's pretty crazy. My mom hit a deer when I was a kid, uh, coming home from work one night. And the next morning I go out because she just drove off because it's the middle of nowhere in Wyoming and what are you going to do? The car was still able to move. And it was, I mean, it was an old, like old school, like You throw 19... it in your car like in Tommy Boy and then it comes to life. <laughs> and then you sing Rain Days and Mondays and then it comes to life. That's my favorite or like, movie. Or like Fargo where the person was like in the windshield. Do you just take it home? And <laughs> so it's like a 19, like, like a 1970s style station wagon that we had. So like solid steel Totally frame. have space to throw it in so the So you know, big dent in the front and then the hair and stuff all over it. And she didn't say anything. And I went out to the car and I saw it and I was like, oh my God, mom, what did you hit? I a go, person? How old were you? It's maybe fourth grade. Oh, like eight. Poor little Chrissy. Nine. Yeah, I... I've never, that just doesn't bother me. It's not, I'm not like inhumane or anything. I just, that stuff doesn't ever bother me. Uh, but speaking of, of wildlife, um, you know, w- we often talk about Utah. We talk about the ski resorts. Uh, we talk about tourism. Um, but our wildlife-based recreation, so hunting, 
fishing, wildlife watching, the money spent in Utah from tourists doing those things just totally dwarfed the ski industry. Well, as you will hear, our friend on our interview, he likes to go fishing. I yeah. noticed that he mentioned that when we were going to talk about this. So the, the Department of Wildlife Research, Resources, um, they published a report on economic benefits of hunting, fishing, and wildlife watching. Um, and so they just published a new one. Um, they will publish one from 2016 to 2018 here coming up. But in 2011, they're, they're talking like 212,000 people come to do that. And it's a... Let's see. Just in wildlife watching alone, 178,000 non-residents. So they're yeah they're uh, they're estimating wildlife. they're estimating that uh, those three wildlife-based hobbies, hunting, fishing, and wildlife watching, have created a three billion dollar influx of cash in 2011 for well, Utah and 29,000 jobs. Yeah, I mean that's, that's awesome. And, and well, that's uh, yeah, 29,000 jobs and. Nine hundred and thirty-three million of that three billion is in salaries and wages. That's pretty cool. That's amazing. That's freaking amazing. And so, you know, when we talk about things like national parks and and bears ears, this is how we make money as a state. That is a massive industry. Well, these people are protecting our wildlife resources too. Yeah. You know, park rangers and well, and this uh, is gaming why and. And this is why um, th- this is why the outdoor retailers show is putting their foot down. You know, they come here and they spend money because Utah is an outdoor place. And when the government is basically throwing up their hands and giving a big middle finger to things like Bears Ears, they're saying no. You've got to support that kind of stuff because that's what that's what we want. How cool is this? That seven seventy seven hundred jobs. Are in Utah are in Utah's fishing industry. That's pretty awesome. That's that is really awesome, and that's it's everything from game wardens to and they stock eight million fish. Yeah, I was say, there's they a lot of fish. They just some up north stocking. somewhere. So if if you want to talk about fish, um, there were KSL did a, a quick story on uh, good local fly fishing spots. Have you ever been before? My dad took it up for a while. So I've not. I've always wanted to learn how to fly fish. I've just never really taken the time to pick it up. I fished a ton when I was a kid, a lot of river and stream fishing. Um, never actually got into fly fishing. I've caught tons of fish in my lifetime and will cook them. It's a lot of standing. Uh, it is. It is. But I hear it's really but kind Chris of But Chris can stand during for thing. a three-hour soccer game, so we're good. Yep. Uh, so Sweet. They, they actually listed lakes, specific lakes for fly fishing. and so Some reservoirs. Reservoirs. Yeah, they pretty much all are reservoirs. So Current Creek Reservoir, uh, which is just past Strawberry, uh, which actually... Strawberry is, is a place that uh, you guys will hear uh, our, our uh, interview talk about a little bit. And you can get cutthroat trout up there. Yep. Uh, Steinecker Reservoir, which is outside of Vernal. Um, that's where the dinosaurs are. Well, the Dinosaur Museum, right? <laughs> there might be dinosaurs. Yeah. Uh, Schofield Reservoir. There might be dinosaurs in the reservoir, right? No. They're man-made. There might. Underneath no. Mayhaps. No, they're man-made. Come on now. So there's Schofield Reservoir. The state uh, record is out there of a 19-pound fish. 19-pound two ounces. A 19-pound two-ounce beast. And the only other one that has beat it was in Lake Michigan in 1978, and that one was 20 pounds and 13 ounces. And that's wow. for, that's that's for, a huge that's fish. That's for a tiger trout. 
And that is that is a gigantic That's some fish. And then you've got Pelican Lake. Um, so where's that? Pelican Lake. Let's see. And for the record, carp is not crappy fish. Yes, it is. No, it's not. It tastes did, like shit. Did you know that koi like are just fancy carp? Yes. Koi are fancy carp. So carp taste like garbage. They're disgusting to eat. And they have six million scales. So that's part of their their, their problem. Um, and catfish are delicious. Yes, catfish are delicious. But a lot of the problem I have with catfish out here is they're mud catfish. And so... They have whiskers, big whiskers. Here they taste, they do kind of taste like dirt. They taste bit. like algae. <laughs> um, but if you get catfish from down south or if you find the right spots to get them, they're freaking delicious. Nothing like it. Mm, love catfish. Uh, all that being said, uh, there is potential for a government shutdown. I thought they fixed it so that it wasn't going to happen because it was supposed to happen this weekend. Yeah, so... This last weekend. It was. They filed an extension until September, so they've got a couple months, and they're trying to do some bullshit healthcare stuff in the meantime. But that, um, I mean, even, even though we don't want to shut down, which one happened in, what, 2013 for, like, 13 days? Yeah, so KSL did an article on it, I think it it's... Costs us, like, $2 September billion. would be better than now because the parks are slowing down. So I, I, I want to talk about Specifically, no. what a government shutdown would do to a state like Utah. Since so, we are in Utah, when government when the government shuts down, they first start shutting down non-essential services. So sometimes when they do these extensions, they don't extend everything in the budget. So what happens is they start to cut certain programs, and they just have to stop doing things or severely cut back. So big, big thing that gets hit is national parks, monuments, zoos, museums, things like that. They cut their staff back. They close campgrounds. They close visiting hours. They close visitor centers. They close, uh, you know, transportation. So all the places that our guests have talked about. So when you think about going to Zion, there's a shuttle that runs from the bottom of Zion Canyon all the way up. And that's the only way you can get in. It's the only way you can go up. And the only, the only way you can see a lot of that is by the little shuttle bus. That won't run. The stations will be closed. The park entrances will be closed in some cases. And and these are, I mean, we just talked about it. $3 billion a year is what just the wildlife portion of some of this stuff does. Um, so that's a, that's a huge thing. That's a huge impact that it would have on Utah. And in fact, it did. If you go talk to people down in like Iron County and Grand County. Well, nine counties here Washington in Utah County, had to do state of emergency during 2013. Yeah, because the... 34,000 you know, federal employees. Those those are their those are their jobs. Those mm-hmm. are their livelihoods. And it's not just the actual parks, it's everything else in those towns. Hotels, local businesses, you know, restaurants, bars, small, gift shops, small little grocery stores. So all those small towns just get decimated. And that's not to mention the federal employees that get furloughed. So your park rangers, 34,000 um, in Utah. Yeah. During the 2014, right? That's or the like all of Eagle one. Mountain. Yeah, it's That's a whole city. It's it's a lot. It's a lot. It's ridiculous. Uh, my my friend, her sister, uh, was furloughed during that, uh, and they had to leave where they were at. Wow. Because her wasn't her husband uh, also furloughed. Yeah, they were both furloughed. They were both park rangers, and they both both got furloughed, and they had to leave where they were and find other jobs. They had to work as something else because what do you do? You could be a tour guide for the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> it's fucking so okay. We don't really. Talk <laughs> by about the way, I looked it up. Pelican Lake is by Fort Duchesne. Okay. Okay. 
So we don't really talk about basketball in this podcast because uh, basketball Cause sucks. Because we just talk about soccer. Well, basketball sucks. I don't like basketball, and I don't think anyone else in here does, so why would we talk about it? We wouldn't. It is worth mentioning the Utah Jazz are in the Western Conference semifinals. It is, because this um, is the first time in seven years. First time in seven years that we've been somewhat relevant. Uh, we'll probably still lose to Golden State. I don't think anyone is really giving the Jazz a legit chance of winning this series. Because haven't haven't Golden State been undefeated for like a couple of years? N- no, but they they have had you know one of the longest streaks uh, in the history of of the NBA, and they're really good. I mean, they they have three of the best players in the league. They have a, a really deep bench. Um, it's a very good team. I love a deep bench. Um, <laughs> write that down. I love a deep bench. <laughs> uh, so they're they just won over the Clippers, and now. Golden State has said, "Oh, we don't want to come to Utah. It's so boring there." Yeah, well, and they're actually they're actually playing right, right now, now yeah. uh, as as we record this. Um, but yeah, so uh, a few of the players have said, "Well, we don't we don't want to go to Utah. We'd rather go to L.A. or whatever." There's so because, much more nightlife and yeah, there's nothing to do in Utah. Nothing to do. Uh, and so, um, Salt Lake Magazine actually did a pretty good article. It's pretty article's good awesome. It's funny, but I wanted to take a second and just talk about. What our nightlife looks like. So if you aren't into wildlife, you're not into... Well, you pretty much aren't going to be well, into wildlife at night because wildlife goes well, to sleep. Or, or if you don't have time, you know, Unless while you're, you're here. Unless you're a porcupine first or an off, owl. First off, my thought is if you're at a fucking professional NBA level and you are playing playoff games in Utah... You what, should be taking a nap. You shouldn't be going to a fucking bar between games or after the game's over. You're a professional athlete. Maybe the last night you're here or whatever. No, maybe if you win the series and you're still here, like that. There's no other reason. If you're a professional athlete, that you should be going out hitting the club. The only thing I can think is maybe they're just trying to get laid, and so maybe they're not drinking. They're just trying to pick up on chicks. Um, but well, anyway. I was listening to Dash's interview because you know I wasn't here for part of for it, and you know he did mention that the jazz players were hitting on the same women that he was hitting. Yeah, on but they're before. in the gym. <laughs> by the way, by the way, the uh, the NBA actually has the most the the highest rate of bastard children uh, in any professional. Seriously, dude, is that NBA, real or are you NBA, just making that? No, up? no, I'm I'm dead serious. I I have to look up the number. Maybe I'll I'll find it. Uh, but the NBA is is number one in terms of uh, unwed. You know, children from unwed fathers, and like even more than like musicians. Yeah, and these dudes father like it's it's ridiculous. It's something like five or six kids on average per player in the NBA. I'll look it up. I'm not making that shit up. I'm dead serious. <laughs> it's really high, and it's it's just disturbing. Because we are looking at you incredulously. So, <laughs> yeah, you guys don't believe me. They don't call me Chris Clavin for nothing. So let's talk about the things that you can do in Utah if you're a Golden State Warrior player. Nothing, Coach. because we want you to go away. So first off, food. Yes. Utah has one of the most amazing food scenes in the country. You now, can go to the bayou. They're to be fair, the they're coming from the Bay Area in California, San Francisco Bay Area. Also a really good food mecca. They can go get vegan donuts. But yeah, there's so much good stuff here that you may not be able to get there. Uh, there's, you know, like like you said, there's the Bayou. There's Lucky 13. If you want a freaking amazing hamburger, yes. you know, there's, there's Bumblebee's, which is great uh, Korean fusion, which doesn't seem to exist in a lot of places. Um, there's um, some of the other really good stuff. I mean, Taqueria. 
Yeah, Taqueria 27. If they want a really fancy meal, we have really great restaurants for that as well. We have things like, like Naked Fish is good. Yeah, we have good got, breakfast places. They could go current, to Penny Ann's. Yep, we've got great breakfast places like Blue Plate. If you're talking about nightlife itself. I think those are kind of far away from downtown, though. I think we need to stay like. The Naked Fish is right by the down, Downtown yeah, focused. True. But nightlife-wise, we have a lot of great clubs and bars. They could go to the Tupperware party on Sunday. That's right. We've got I don't the, know if they have <laughs> We've got like the beer bar downtown. We've got the two different pa- piano Green bars, pub. which are freaking fantastic. Green Pig Pub, I mean. Yeah, the, the, Green uh, Pig Pug. Pig. Keys <laughs> on Main and the Tabernacle are both great uh, piano bars. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of wine bars. Urban Lounge. Um, the Urban Lounge always has a whole bunch of stuff. Gracie's is a great little sports bar. Um there's lots of shit to do. I just want these Utah. people to be like, oh, I guess we were wrong. Well, and what about like even wise guys stuff? Yeah, yeah. they could go to Travis's show. Yeah, fucking douchebags. Yeah. Anyway, I just thought it was funny. There's there's so much to do in Salt Lake and, and to have that. Um, you know, Salt Lake's constantly voted highly for some of those things. So whatever. I just love at the end of the Salt Lake magazine article. And for some reason, this didn't print out. The author's name, uh, she wrote, though, to literally take a hike. <laughs> I was like, that's yeah, awesome. That I like the very, very, very last. <laughs> no, take a hike. The very, very last sentence. I'm on a, I'm an Ohio native and a competitive person by nature, and I'll insist on calling your team first place losers all night long. So um, I, I will say this. You know who loves the comments that these guys made? The fucking NBA. Look at how much free press they've gotten. <laughs> we who don't talk about basketball are talking about this. Um, mostly I wanted to do it as an excuse to talk about some of the places well, we cool like. cool places in Utah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, but that moves us right along. Well, yeah, I mean, speaking of, of pro sports, um, so Utah is one of the states in the country that uh, has legalized scalping. So, well, uh, not just because of our sports. I mean, we just opened the Eccles Theater. We've got the new Hell Center Theater that's that's coming. The Eccles Theater, the Eccles Theater is huge because the Eccles Theater is going to bring stuff like Hamilton. The, you know, Hamilton. Hamilton. We're getting one of the first off-Broadway runs of Amazing. Hamilton. Amazing. And so, getting tickets see, for things like there's that, nothing you can do in Utah. <laughs> <laughs> they could go see the Book of Mormon. That's right. So, open. so one example <laughs> that they that KSL gives uh, on ticket scalping recently is the Lion King that was at uh, the Eccles Theater. People were paying seven hundred and thirty dollars. You didn't pay that much on tickets. Broadway. I mean, yes, you do for something like Hamilton, but the Lion King. Okay, yeah. it's a great show. I just but have to say, how stupid are you? And how much disposable money do you have? They're that not. you spend twice as much on a ticket and don't look into that before you do that. You can fly to New York City and go see it on Broadway for that cost. I just want to throw it out there. Yeah. So yeah. it doesn't mean that they're stupid. It just means that they have they disposable just don't income know and they, they want to do that. So they're they're proposing. So a couple of years ago, um, Len Hemingway out of Mill Creek, a, a Democrat in, in, in the House, I think, um, she had proposed or he had proposed uh, a law to make it a misdemeanor for scalpers to resell tickets above a certain percentage. I think it was 15%. I think that's great. That bill failed, but he's going to reintroduce it. So hey, we don't know. I mean, there's there's a chance. So His. Oh, look, his bill. Yeah, uh-huh. I, I corrected myself for that reason. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I'll give an example. So my Manchester United tickets, my season ticket rate, I got my tickets for 70 bucks, 
Peter, we're talking about Man U again. <laughs> we're talking about Real Salt Lake playing Manchester United, <laughs> Peter, so don't don't be upset. Um, but anyway, so I got them for $70 a seat, which is a which is a fair price, I think. That's something I was willing to pay. I could resell those same tickets. So face value, they're Twice going as much. I would. Probably they're probably going to be like one hundred and fifty dollars if if there's even seats left for the general public. Um, but uh, I could resell those for easily three hundred. Wouldn't bat an eye. So after my tickets, you could make us a nice one year celebration dinner for that. So I have four tickets right here that I Ooh. bought for my buddy uh, that asked me to buy them at my discounted rate. Not in my section. This is the cheapest ticket for uh, the second round of sales. These are 75 bucks a piece. And they're in the shittiest. They're actually in a fun section. They're in the supporters end. Um, but it's not a great view. Well, section. it won't be the supporters end of that night. So I love going to concerts, as you all know. And last year, Tears for Fears came. as our first time here since the 90s. And... Those tickets uh, were at a venue where members get first pick and they were sold out immediately, which means yeah. general public had no access to these tickets. The amount of money that was being asked on uh, K- on KSL's classifieds was astounding. And I, and I mean, I understood why, because it's a band that hasn't been here for a long time. But I mean, at what point, where do you put that line that it is just... Yeah, I mean, I so don't that, know. The, the, I've only bought scalp tickets, like expensive, expensive ones, one time, and they were in Chicago. Well, and that's, I mean, that really, that's why some states just make it plain illegal. So the problem is, what happens is, and who's going to regulate that? Who's going to regulate the people that are selling online? People go, people go and buy a hundred tickets as soon as something mm-hmm. comes out, or a thousand tickets as soon as something comes out that they know is going to be huge. They get them as early as they can through whatever programs they can get them early, whether it's fan clubs or whatever. And if they don't put limits on those, or even if they do, I mean, these scalpers... Most put an eight-ticket limit. Yeah, but even these scalpers will have 15, 20 accounts that they use right. to buy them. Right. And, and they're buying them in a fashion that is not human at a computer. It is an automated program that is going out and grabbing these tickets as quick as possible uh, and that's how these events sell out so fast and then they raise the price a ridiculous amount now in a free enterprise world it makes sense to let them do whatever they want and it's a supply and demand sort of situation and i've watched scalpers outside of real salt lake games with a handful of probably 150 tickets that they couldn't give away because there just weren't people coming to that particular game. I've also seen them begging to buy tickets so they could turn around and resell them. Hmm. Um, so it, it, it's a tough gig to be a scalper, and I think the guys that scalp in person aren't the problem. I think it's these these online sites that are doing... Well, and there... I mean, how do you feel about legitimate ones like StubHub? I like StubHub. I actually like StubHub quite a bit. The thing about that's nice about StubHub is they have to be competitive with everyone else selling their tickets. I just don't under I I mean I understand why the companies are doing it, but I don't get an individual who maybe can't go to an event or something why they feel that they can't just sell it for face value. Why do you have to be a greedy son of a bitch and have to sell it for twice as much? Because the seats around me are going for the same price that I'm selling it for. That's really what it boils down to. But they don't know that. How do they know that the people didn't buy them at the regular price, ticket price? Because they go look on StubHub. So my tickets for Real Salt Lake game, my seats, I don't pay face And yes, I'm pretty them. sure that's the first time that I have really like powerfully yeah. scored on this. But so I don't, I, don't, I don't pay face value for my tickets for my seats. 
because I'm a season ticket holder. So if I'm going to sell my tickets, I'm certainly going to get at least what they're worth at face value. Right. And if I can, if it's a popular game, I'm going to get whatever I can for them because why shouldn't I? That's an investment that I've made. So I, I get it. Um, but then you're taking away from somebody's experience that really wants to be there. They really want to be there and they want to pay 80 bucks for my seats. Go for it. Or 300 for my I'm going to throat punch you later. <laughs> but I just, it's like this. <laughs> But it's like this guy. He spent $730 for $360 tickets. That's his prerogative. I think where the... the no, it is. And I, I, I get that. I, I think where the problem lies is it becomes an issue when getting into an event is prohibitive. Right. Because because he is willing to do that, then that makes other people say, well, he's willing to do it. Then I'm going to sell my tickets for that much. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I think he's a moron for doing that. And you're taking away from the show's... Well, it, it's, yeah. Because then that money isn't going it's to the people, performers and the people who are putting it exactly, on. Exactly. It's not even coming close to going to them. And and I'm not, look, I'm not saying that scalpers are in the right here. As long as I can do it, I'm going to make as much <laughs> money as I can off my own tickets. Um, but I, I do see the problem uh, for sure. I think individual sales are never the problem, by the way. I don't think it's the StubHub sales. It's it's the sales from these other online ticket brokers. That's the Craigslist brokers. Yeah, I mean these the guys that are programmatically buying up shit tons of tickets and then jacking up the prices and selling those because they're artificially inflating the market versus StubHub, where you're selling your ticket based on the game's worth and the people around you, and you're kind of competing with other people in your section and where your seats at. Um, these other online brokers. They buy up 3,000 tickets to a, an event that has 5,000 seats. They can set whatever fucking price they want because the tickets aren't available. And they could, you know, sell a, a, a thousand of those 3,000 tickets that inflated price and make a profit. Those are the people we should be throw punching. Yeah. And, and that's really you what this, punch Chris too. that's why this legislation would, would be aimed to, to fix that. So, uh, speaking of inflated prices, um, our jail, we talked a little bit about our jail. Um, and it's, it's issue with locking people up. Cause it, if you've got a, a misdemeanor, they don't lock you up. They right book you and turn you away. Um, literally they'll take your name. Oh, they don't even take you in. A lot of times, sometimes they just give you a ticket. Yeah. Sometimes they won't even actually book you into the jail and re release you on your own recognizance uh, because, because it's so full. So couple that with the problem that we have down at the Rio Grande area where the homeless shelter is. Have you seen sixth South lately? It's all over. Although yeah. 106 South will not have an issue for a while because it is going under construction yes. as of yesterday. I wish 114th would. <laughs> uh, I don't because I have to use I was just going to say, I think that the, <laughs> the people panhandling are in no way going to uh, impact the traffic the way construction was. But we've had uh, the state, the Salt Lake County, Salt Lake City um, have all really gone in they're going to basically get 2.8 million dollars to add jail beds um, basically what it sounds like is going to happen is the county jail is going to look at other regional facilities to be able to move inmates to pay them for that um, because the, there's just not enough space and this is in large part in an effort to combat combat what's going on down in the Rio Grande area the problem is when you get a large group of people like that, we've talked about this before, you get people, seedy people that go prey upon them, right? So you get drug dealers that don't belong down there that are selling drugs to these people. And when they arrest them, 
Who didn't normally be involved in any of that? They're just homeless because yeah, exactly. circumstantial. So you have drug dealers that sell them drugs. Police go to arrest them, take them to the jail. Jail can't hold them, turn them loose. They're right back down there later that day. Um, so that's really what they're trying to do is find a way so they can take these people out of that population, put them in jail, keep them in jail so they're not re- right back there. Well, I like that that Greg Hughes said that homelessness is a statewide issue and every community has to play a role from Draper, who is fighting having it, a homeless shelter there. Yeah, well, a homeless resource center. That's let's what we're be call clear. It. Greg Hughes is not the one fighting it. It's the and, no, it and was, I think it was probably his idea. And the mayor was not fighting it. It was the citizens, right. the jackass people that live. No, in but I, I like that he says every community has a role to play, and that's just real. Uh, but these dollars, they're saying, are going to ensure that there will be access to getting people the help that they need. Um, and making environmental changes to help deter criminal behavior. So um, Utah is uh, going to go ahead and uh, fund Planned Parenthood. Woohoo! You know, since it wasn't their fucking choice to begin with. Um, but they have, they well, entered a permanent agreement. Well, he just said he won't defund it. Yeah, now. Utah has entered a permanent agreement now not to defund Planned Parenthood. Um, basically coming on the back of a court decision that said, yeah, an injunction that you don't have a choice. You have to give them the money that the federal government has earmarked for them and sent to you to give to them. You can't do anything else with that money but give it to them. And so um, now Governor Herbert and the state legislature can't, um, you know, defund them. So uh, um, I have never seen anything having to do with abortion at any of the Planned Parenthood clinics that I've been to in the state of Utah. It's because they don't do it. It's like, it's seriously less than 2% in Planned Parenthood. Yeah, but it says right here that it cannot take or withhold funds from Utah Planned Parenthood for its advocacy for legal abortion. I have never seen pamphlets. I have never seen any type of posters. There's nothing in those clinics that are advocating for abortion. No, but when you talk to a doctor, they may discuss But that's not you. advocating. You're seeking out information. Correct. But also talking about homosexuals in schools was advocating homosexuality for how long in this state? That's what I have to say about that. Exactly. Exactly. So still that, that can change at the federal level. Uh, if, if the, you know, Congress wants to change how they fund in the budget, they can defund Planned Parenthood if these bunch of jackass Republicans up on Capitol Hill do it. Some of those jackass Republicans come from the state of Utah, one of which is Jason Chaffetz. Five of them. I hoit my foot 12 years ago. But now he is back in the game. And I got surgery, so I'm going to have to take like three years. 14 years ago, he had pins put in his foot that he had just recently taken out. I'm going to have to take like three months off because I got the surgery to remove these pins from my foot. I'm getting on a plane and flying back so we can uh, take away Obamacare. Like a day He was only out a week, yeah. Yeah. Well, and look, speaking from experience... Hardware in your yeah, foot. Yeah, you you have wait, you have experience with that. Uh, hopefully, I'll never have to take it out. I get it. If my it uncle just in. got his taken out, he shattered his foot falling off of a ladder thirteen feet in the air. Yeah, I mean that's how he said I should have gotten this, not slipping on cardboard. That's a story for a different day, though. <laughs> um, We've said that story, before. but but you know, it 
it can suck, and I'm sure taking it out is incredibly invasive because now you've got holes in your bones. Um, my uncle, the screws had actually fused to his bones. Yeah, <laughs> so it's a, it, it's a big deal to take that stuff out. So I'm not denying that he actually was hurt. Uh, I just think it's you know they need all the votes they Pretty can get. Damn so he's got to he's got to fly back to Washington because the Republicans are struggling to do this again. So can't um, do it without him. But Mike so, Lee, yeah. So another jackass up there on Capitol Hill is Mike Lee. And uh, he has introduced a piece of legislation basically to nullify net neutrality. So the FCC... Um, well, let me be, let me be, so let me see. The FCC created net neutrality in It'd 2015. So without me. <laughs> With the open internet order. Uh, and basically Mike Lee wants to keep them from ever being able to do something like that again. Um, but I think that was the right thing to do. I think that's their domain, right? That's what the fuck do you have the FCC for if not to regulate communications? Their so, job. Uh, they'll just put somebody in charge of that department that doesn't like it and then they'll get rid of it. <sighs> yeah. She didn't yeah. like my M&M. That was awesome. Very lame. I like M&M, but... Brown ones, green just, ones, just, red ones, yellow like, ones. I'll give up. <laughs> Not mine. That was clever. Come on. It wasn't bad. It wasn't terrible. <sighs> it wasn't terrible. I only like the green ones, though, so you got to separate all the others out to my rider. We should create our own riders. <laughs> what it would be. Just in case they invite us back to the I Halloween Expo. I want chapstick in my rider. I need coffee, black coffee. Uh, I need. Uh, I, <laughs> I need I need bagels water. from New York. I actually person. need ice water. That that would have to be in my rider. I think ice water, an endless supply. Yeah, no, I need ice in my water. Just water. No, it's got to be ice cold. I need those core watermelon lemonades that I can only find at one convenience store in Utah. Can I tell you about convenience stores? Um, yes. We well, you know, what? Let's, we call let's, those C stores in the industry. So let's let's actually let's do this. Let's let's take a break. Um, let's let's do our interview real quick, uh, and then we'll we'll we can end on convenience stores. We'll end on convenience stores because nice. I got some good stories. Yeah. All right. With us today we have Victor Jung. Did I say that right? Yep, that's right. Uh, from uh, Bumblebee, uh, Bumblebee Grill. That is Bumblebee Korean Barbecue. <laughs> Probably one of my favorite places in the whole valley to eat. I'm pretty sure we talk about it every single week. Pretty close. Pretty close. I don't I don't know if it's every week, but it does come up a lot. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> so uh did you start with the food truck first or the brick and mortar place you guys have down on State Street? Uh, we started with the uh brick and mortar first and then food truck. And how long has that been open? Because that was a discovery um we like to explore for lunch, uh my coworkers and I, and so we'll just find random places and go, especially local places. We just kind of discovered you because we were like, oh, there's a restaurant right there. That's a weird place for a restaurant. So, Yeah, so we uh, essentially, I guess within 24 hours, we bought out the previous restaurant and then we, 24 hours, just flipped it wow. into a Korean fusion joint. But uh, we started probably technically end of August, but we like to consider September our official Start date, 2014. So three years, just about. Mm -hmm. uh, and when did you start the truck? 
truck was about, so we started June, end of June of last year, but we actually started the process nine months before that. Oh, just because wow. uh, yeah. there was this huge like wait list. Just, I don't know why, but... To get permits? Yeah, to get like just the health department to okay the concept and the idea. Yeah. Took we, nine months. <laughs> we've, I mean, we've talked about that quite a bit and, and the crazy hoops that, that trucks are having to jump through to, to do that stuff. Well, it's interesting too because you guys already had a brick and mortar concept that essentially you have just put part of it on your truck and... Usually it's the other way around. The people have the food trucks and then they're creating mm-hmm. the brick and mortar. So that's interesting that there was. So, yeah, why did you why did you make that decision? Because that is, like Jeff said, that's pretty much opposite of how most restaurants end up forming. Yeah. Uh, well, first, we're, we don't go the original route that a lot of people <laughs> do. <right? laughs> but uh, essentially, um, Utah is uh, growing and the food truck scene, you know, we're about probably, I would say, like 10 years behind, but it's finally kind of catching up. And we thought, okay, well, if the food truck scene is growing, this is a good way for us to not as, you know, to advertise. That was our main point of doing so, just because uh, our location, it's not the worst, but it's not the best. And so we thought, okay, instead of having people come to kind of the middle of nowhere, we'll take it to them. Um and that actually increased our traffic flow because people now have had a glimpse of what Korean fusion is. And, now and I don't when they don't have noodles on the truck, then you have to go to the store. To <laughs> well, and I don't have to track down the truck to get the food because I know true. where the restaurant's at. Right, right. <laughs> That's a plus. <laughs> so um, which do you like better? Which do you like working on better? Do you do you operate in both of them? Or? Uh, it depends. Depends on if I want to be more formal or kind of more relaxed the truck scene uh you can kind of be yourself a little bit more at a restaurant scene uh there's certain etiquettes that you have to kind of the kind of the standard etiquettes that you'd have to follow but yeah. food truck it's a little bit different where you know you're yelling and you know you're having fun with the customers a little bit more than you would still in the on. restaurant yeah yeah, yeah. But, so do you do you cook do you just manage the place do you do a little bit of everything clean toilets yeah yeah Cleaning toilets is my number one, I think. <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh yeah, pretty much everything. Like we we try to multi like cross train as much as possible with everyone that walks in just cuz you know, we're we're so tightly knit that if one person falls then the other can pick it up. That's kind of how we train people. So is it just a family business or have you guys grown quite a bit beyond that at this point? Um it's still family run, but uh, we've had interests with like investors and, um, franchisees and stuff, but I, I said, no, not right now. Not yet. <laughs> they don't want to fall the wayside of yeah. pop. No, I mean, get, get, uh, get stability first for sure. Yeah. That's, that, that was the major, like, I was still a college kid running this. And so I didn't want, I, I had homework Yeah, and I, I didn't have time to deal with all of that. So exactly, exactly. So why why Korean fusion? Um, well, one, it doesn't exist in Utah, and so we thought, okay, let's do something that has not been done. But also, um, I'm Korean American, and so that's my nationality. That, like I would say, more than authentic Korean food, this is kind of 
more mainstream for me. And so I guess that I, you know, I put a little bit of, I guess, my culture behind it because I, I like burgers, sandwiches, fries, but I also like Korean food. And so we decided, uh, you know, let's kind of take a big swing and see how far we can take this and kind of Korean fusion, that concept was born. And who's we? Um, so half and half. So my parents are very traditional Korean. So they, they like the Korean stuff. But then I said, all right, like Utah is a bread, it's a burger, it's a sandwich fry state. Let's just combine those two and, you know, make something crazy and kind of worked out. <laughs> so your parents are heavily involved in the business as well? Yeah. So my mom, she's kind of the, she checks the flavor profiles. And then uh, it gets passed down to essentially me and my brother who say, okay, this will work. Should we name check him since he's on a cruise and left you behind? (laughs) (laughs) No name recognition for the brother. Oh, sorry. I didn't know I was supposed to say his name. (laughs) No, I I think (laughs) he who shall not be named. (laughs) I'm on a cruise. You go do this thing. Can we just start calling? I'm going to call him that when I go to the truck. Hello, he who shall not be named. (laughs) (laughs) So you're Korean American. Were you you born here in America then, or were you born over in Korea? Yeah, so uh, born in Dallas, Texas, and so yeah, born and raised in in America. But you guys are almost brothers. Yep. Chris <laughs> so was born in Lubbock. People say that, Lubbock, but they don't yeah, understand. It's it takes a, it takes a day to get from one side of Texas to the I other. I know. I'm only kidding. <laughs> it's a big state. Hey, and as he's long as you Korean say y'all, American. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Just Plus, you look nothing alike. <laughs> I don't know. There's a resemblance. I mean, <laughs> um, so your parents are from Korea then? Yeah. So mom, it, they're both kind of from the Seoul area. But, I was uh, just going to ask north or south. So. Northeast. Yeah. East Korea. <laughs> south. But, but yeah, yeah. clarify. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully people listening to this podcast understand the joke there. <laughs> So you you you're born in Dallas. How did your family end up in Utah then? Um, so mainly like job was one reason that they came over here, but um, I actually I I really don't know why we came to Utah. When did you guys come up here? Uh, I think it was like 2004. Okay. Yeah, but so I was still still a kid. Yeah, hi, like entering high school at that time. That's, I've done that. I moved from Texas to Wyoming when I was in second grade. It's a yeah, <laughs> it's a culture shock. I went I went from it's a middle school to high school. Then when I came back here, ninth grade was still considered middle school. Uh-huh. So I went back to middle school, and then I went back to high school. So <laughs> <laughs> that's an adjustment, I'm sure. Uh, so okay, great. Well, I'm excited because you have another restaurant opening up, kind of close to my house. That's like yeah. within spitting distance. <laughs> so Jess sent me a picture like, like two weeks ago maybe. She okay. she uh, tagged yeah, me on the Facebook two. picture, and uh, she's like, "This is gonna be by your house because <laughs> we do talk we about do you talk about you a lot." <laughs> nice, nice. I don't just stalk without purpose. So when it when is that that restaurant gonna be open? When's that location gonna be open? Uh, we're hoping to have kind of a soft like, I guess soft opening mm-hmm. uh, this Thursday. Oh wow, that's oh, nice. Yeah, but uh, officially it'll be announced on Facebook, uh, Instagram, social media. Great. Just uh, we just got to make sure that it actually can be openable. But yeah. <laughs> that's why you have a soft opening. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. 
I know that very well. Opening a restaurant is a task. Yeah, my checklist never ends. So. <laughs> well, and so this one is this one is then a build out that you guys have been able to really control, right? Or are you moving into an existing restaurant space that was vacated? Um, yeah, it was. A, it's a second gen spot. Okay. So it used to be the old Smash Burger spot. Oh, okay. Out in uh, fifty six hundred West. Okay, yeah. But uh, interior wise, it was pretty much all built out. We just put in our equipment, and then. Well, I mean, being a burger place, I guess it some of the equipment's going to be similar, right? Yeah, layout wise, pretty similar to Smash Burger, just uh. Korean fusion. Yeah. What was your Midvale location <laughs> prior? It was another burger joint. It was uh, they were called uh, Wasatch Moon Cafe, but Never they were heard just of it. yeah, they were kind of a like a truck stop kind of vibe burger shop. Nice. So a little different. <laughs> All right, so I got to ask you, um, K-pop fries. Yeah. <laughs> Who came up with the idea? To, uh, <laughs> to get some great fries and then pile a bunch of shit on top of them. Because <laughs> that's basically what they are. It's delicious. Uh, so, I don't know. One day we were just like, okay, we have fries, but that's not good enough. And, uh, you know, like you go to like Beto's and all those places and they have their like carne asada fries. And, and I was just like, well, why don't we just do that with Korean barbecue? And... Uh, put some sauce on top of it and see how people react. And like, we actually thought it was going to fail because we were like, okay, this is too weird. But then it actually like people became addicted to them. Yeah. It's like (laughs) like heaven in your mouth. Anytime someone says your name, they're like, Oh, K-pop fries. Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, the food is good, but I think more than that food, we came up with a good name for that item. It's something yeah. catchy. And so, uh, you know, I'll say K-pop fries and people will can associate exactly where that's from. And, uh, you know, in any business, that's kind of what you're trying to accomplish is something that you can recognize to a certain business. And so. But it's also cultural for you as well because right. you have Korean pop music and Japanese pop music. So that is also an earworm that. It's right. so cultural for you. It's not just, oh, here's some American French fries with some bulgogi <laughs> on top. Right. And so... Mm, bulgogi. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, K-pop, that essentially is on the rise. Uh, just Korean culture, Korean, just anything Korean right now, it's starting to really just escalate oh, yeah. to a well, point where the people, country and the people weren't so darn nice... Yeah, well, I, yeah. Some people, right? <laughs> for for the most part, you talked about your mom testing. I like that you were flavor profile. That's really cool. Um, how did you keep it? How do you keep it so that it is still Korean fusion without becoming? I mean, I know you have the American side with the burgers and stuff, but keeping true to those mm-hmm. flavors. So, um, authenticity wise. Anything that has been added in terms of the Korean aspect is all authentic. So we haven't actually tampered with it to where we Americanize it, if that makes sense. Uh, so when it's it's kimchi, you guys are actually fermenting your own kimchi. Yeah. So it's mm. like kimchi. Other places will they'll cut up like coleslaw cabbage and mm-hmm. then they'll make kimchi out of that. But that's not authentic. Um, for us, Nor we said, good. yeah, we <laughs> said, let's keep it 
as authentic as possible, if not authentic. But then we will balance it out to where, you know, it fits the the profile. And so what I mean by that is my mom, she'll test it to where she knows, okay, this is authentic Korean. And then, it, and I mentioned, we, it gets passed down to my brother and I, where we'll mesh the two cultures together and we'll find that balance. So we actually, for uh, probably an entire day, we made probably close to around maybe like 40 K-pop fries because we needed to make sure it wasn't Americanized to the point where they couldn't recognize that it was Korean. And so, yeah, we, we there's a, an, just extensive amount of work involved. So what do you fries. say to people yeah. when they're like, this is real Korean? Do you explain to them that you know all of the street foods that that this is where it's derived from um i say pretty much when i explain to them i say look this you're not going to find really in korea if that's what you're asking but in terms of the korean flavors that is authentic so so yeah if you were to take everything apart they're going to go yeah. to Seoul and be like, hey, where's the french fries? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, they're there they, they do have McDonald's. So. <laughs> it's not the same. <laughs> so what what is your favorite item on the menu? My favorite, um, I, I have a couple, but if I had to go with one thing right now, it'd probably be like KP Spicy. That's our uh, Korean pork, mm-hmm. kind of in a Philly cheesesteak style. That's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. It's good. I like the spicy pork. The bread that you use is amazing. Yeah. Do you, where do you guys get that? Do you guys source that locally or is it just like Wonder Bread Factory? Yeah. Um, we actually, um, uh, they're called uh, Stone Ground. They're, they're, okay, pretty, yeah, they're yeah. a pretty big, like they know what they're doing kind of bakery. And uh, like they have a lot of, I guess, the trust. Is that a good word? Yeah. They, you know, they know what they're doing. So, you know, we don't have time to make bread ourselves so. <laughs> so. well i mean and it's it's good bread because one of the things with with you know the korean fusion there's a lot of liquid that's yeah. inside of the, the the burgers and the sandwiches and to be able to hold up against all that liquid mm-hmm. is is tough for right bread so yeah so we, we we stay away from that the cheap style bread just because we know that you know it's not going to hold up theirs is more um like again this was, we did a lot of extensive, I guess, research with their bread. We ordered different styles. You were all and, uh, breaded out, I'm sure. Yep. <laughs> and so we found that the hoagie that we use and the burger, ciabatta style burger buns, those hold up the best. And they taste the best accordingly with the uh, Korean fusion aspect. So That's awesome. So do you have something, Jess? No, I'm just thinking about their delicious pancake and ice cream to have on Saturdays. <laughs> Only on Saturdays. Yeah, I haven't I haven't been for that. Yeah. But I sent you a picture. Yeah. <laughs> Pictures worth a thousand words, it still doesn't taste in my mouth. So. <laughs> it's kind of a, a very common street food in Korea. It's like a Korean style uh pancake is how we explain it. But I would say it's more like a fry bread, gooey, churro style like taste. And uh, very popular so in Korea. <laughs> so hey, good. you can go before a game on Saturday and get one. Yeah, yeah <laughs> we should. We well, 
to be fair, we might, we're still in the process of finalizing, but we might have it every day. Like might it's Saturdays right now, yeah. but uh, we might have it available every day. That's you find that people come in on Saturdays just for that. Yeah. We have people, uh, they'll call us in advance and say, how many hotaks do you have left? And we'll say, we have 10 left. And they're like, we'll take it all. And, uh, then we're, we're sold out. <laughs> By the way, it's not really easy to eat while you're sitting in your car. <laughs> yeah. So you should really probably eat it like that. Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'll take this to go. And I was like, oh, it's ice cream. I guess I'm just going to have to sit here in my car and eat it in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> so the Korean community here, I mean, it's, it's fairly big. Uh, for you know a place like Salt Lake, mm-hmm. um, a lot of a lot of Korean restaurants. Is it a pretty integrated community here? Do you think? Yeah, for the majority. Well, at least uh, for my like my parents' age, that like genre of that age group, um, like they pretty much know each other. But my gen, like we don't. I know a lot, but not. Everybody, if Not that makes everybody. sense. <laughs> yeah, I was just curious because you know, I know the Cup Up guys um, and uh, the people that own uh, Myunga. Yeah, Myunga. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, and and they knew each other. Um, I just didn't know, you know, how tight knit that community was. Yeah. Was, well, in that, that, that like because there's no Koreatown right now, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, there could be, though. Let's make that happen. There's yeah. just one big old Asian town on Let's State Street. Let's make it out on this side of Valley. I get to totally yeah, handle that. <laughs> I don't understand that. What the, the Asian town thing, like, they're completely different cultures. They were, they're isolated. Like, J- Japanese versus Korean versus Chinese are so very different culturally because of the separation. Yeah, but let's just put them together because then we get a whole bunch of different yummy food well, and then all at once. <laughs> and then you've got like, then you've got like, you know, Thai and Laotian, which they tend to be Cambodian. more similar. Yeah, I mean, and Cambodia, Thailand, you know, and Laos, th- those are all similar because they're right next to each other. They're all on top of each other, but. China's big. I right? just think we should put them together because the food's all yummy. <laughs> <laughs> let's I'll just put them, let's just call it like yummy food town or something. Yummy food town. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything else, Jess? Yeah, I want to know, I want to know what makes you guys better than Cup Up. <laughs> no, no, because uh. I've, I've had this conversation um, with your brother. I don't think that I've had it with you. Um, only from like a market standpoint and a customer standpoint, what is what is real versus what is not. And I know that they're successful. I know they have backers. They've gone a different direction. They have their stores opening, which is totally cool. But every time someone's like, oh, my gosh, I love Cup Up. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you need to try Bubble Bee. <laughs> so, <laughs> from your perspective, because I'm sure you've eaten it, you know, what stands you apart and why would you I mean besides being the owner why would you tell somebody to go to your place versus theirs um well it's totally different yeah well it is though so (laughs) to be fair um like so I I know all the guys that run Cup Pop like and why did Spencer leave Cup Pop I I don't know I like Spencer (laughs) he's cool (laughs) yeah I mean I actually don't know like I, I even talked with. I actually know Spencer too. So. Spencer's the coolest, <laughs> but now he runs the sushi place. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know, I think to be fair, um, we're 
totally two different genres of Asian fusion. Um, and, you know, I, I personally don't consider them really Asian fusion uh, just because all they're really doing is just adding sauce. Yeah. But, but like, I think, you know, to be fair, I think we are more true Asian fusion or Korean fusion because we're actually integrating two separate cultures that don't really exist in terms of cuisine. Um, Putting kimchi on top of a hamburger. Yeah. So, you know, things like that, I think that's more authentic Korean fusion. Uh, They tout that they are fusion, but I I mean, uh, to an extent they kind of are, but not to the extent that we are. Um, But also, I think we, we offer more than what they can offer at one instant. Um, You know, and we we just have a lot more. Don't variety. they only have like three well, items? Yeah. Well, I mean, they're, they're and mandu. Yeah. <laughs> well, their their model is their model is started as a food truck, and so the the limitation to what they can offer when they go okay, well, we want to do you know rice with meat and noodles and, and lettuce. lettuce. <laughs> lettuce. I actually yeah. think it's good. I think it tastes good. Is that Korean? There, but... It's not Korean. Uh, well, I don't like the lettuce in my cup, Bob. If I have, <laughs> but so you know, once you do that, you don't have so much space on a food truck, and so you you really become limited. Then, if you're talking, okay, well, I've got three different meats. I've got to keep rice. I've got to keep noodles. I can't have a million other things on the truck and mm-hmm. make it work. No, I get that. I mean, Bumblebee doesn't have a million things. They have their their bowls and their fries, but yeah, you but they still... have a brick and mortar where I can go eat. Well, Cup Up has four now, so yeah, but they didn't expand that, did they? Well, maybe to clarify, um, I think uh, the business structure slash model is a little bit different because yeah. Um, you know, maybe this is just being biased. But you can be. You're allowed to. This is your show. <laughs> yeah, welcome to my show. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I we we put a lot more attention into uh, customer satisfaction, and uh, we actually, again, we we don't just do things because we want to do it. We do things because that's what customers have asked, and uh, I think um, in the long run, that is a lot more of a successful model than just doing what you want to do. Um, and so even with the food truck, you know, we could have just done exactly what they did. And, you know, we could have cranked out quantity. That's really what they're, what it is, is quantity for them for sure. Right. And so that's why they don't want to necessarily expand to a point where they can't fulfill that quantity. But for us, it's more about, uh, we look at kind of a longer you know, the long run picture and say, you know, we want to actually be around 10, 15, 20 years later. We want you to be around. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that's why even on the food truck, we're not necessarily worried about quantity. We're worried more on quality in terms of food, but also customer satisfaction. You guys have included the customers from the beginning with your food truck. I mean, you hopped on your Facebook and said, Hey, one, what do you guys want to see? And with mm. the design and everything. Right. And so always, um, yeah, we ask the customers first. And we'll actually pass it along to the customers. And I've actually had customers come to the restaurant and have 
Like I'll sit them down and I'll say, okay, these are my concepts. Which one do you guys like? And have kind of a discussion because, you know, again, I don't want to do something that I want to do because that's not going to work. I want to do what customers, uh, those that actually have invested interest in our success say, hey, I think this is a good idea. I think this is a bad idea. And then I actually take all of that information and then I see, okay, how many people have actually said this was a good idea? How many people have said this was a bad idea? Okay, people have said this is a bad idea, so let's just actually not do it because that's a bad idea. Even though I'm like, oh, I really want to do that. But then I'm like, well, the customers have spoken. You know, the gavel goes down and it's done. (laughs) (laughs) And so... Has there been anything you've taken off your menu in the three years that just hasn't been successful? Um... Well, more. Do you have th- any salad shakers? Salad shakers. <laughs> well, we thought about that, <laughs> and then uh, it's funny because we we actually you know way before they came out with, well, I, I don't even know what they call it, like the shake something shape bop or something, like the shake weight. Yeah, or I, I don't know, but uh, yeah, we were like, what? Let's design something where they you know customers can shake. <laughs> food and mix it all up and they were like no that's stupid Like, let's and now it. it's all over Pinterest yeah. and yeast and jars <laughs> but, but I agree I don't want to shake my food up yeah so yeah that's the best part is the noodles and then like all that cheese is melted over the top and it's just one big old thing of tasty <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants to shake that up <laughs> I was just thinking of the failed salad shaker from McDonald's oh yeah Oh, yeah. Those were good. That was a long time ago. Yes, it was. Or the, was it the, was it the McDLT where they had the hot and the cold separate? They had these containers that had a hot side and a cold side so your lettuce and tomato wouldn't get all wilty on top of the Uh. hamburger. That doesn't even sound good at all. How about spaghetti from McDonald's? Do you remember that? No. They did that. Gross. That was a long time ago. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> they tried a bunch of shit. <laughs> you guys should get milk bread in your store. Can you sell milk bread? Milk bread? It's the what, best. What is that? I know it's Korean bread. It's delicious. It's like uh, super soft <laughs> in the middle. <laughs> I don't think that would hold up. Maybe if you toasted it. Need more <laughs> Korean bakeries. There's only one in Utah. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's my best friend. He's one of my good friends. He's got married. Yeah, he, yeah. I know. Yeah, that's kind of. <laughs> I'm wild. not a total. <laughs> I actually went to the store to buy something. And they had a big old sign on the door that was like, oh, "Close yeah. for a month because we're in Korea for a wedding." Yeah. <laughs> that's only why I know that. <laughs> you can tell the truth. No, no. she's a big creeper. Trust me, she stalks everyone. He knows. How do you think I got him here? <laughs> actually, his brother knows better. I don't see Victor very often. So. <laughs> well, do you guys have any uh, fun events coming up? Um, I mean, obviously the grand opening will be happening soon. Yeah, that, I think that's our biggest one. We want to kind of hit the ground running, but I I think more than, you know, we just want to be consistent as much as possible. I think that's what customers are always looking for. And, you know, businesses is the consistency factor. You know, I, I see a lot of companies like they'll do this huge event and, you know, that event really just tanked and that really just messed up the image of the company. But for us, you know, all right, we'll, we'll try to do events, but, you know, we'll only do something that we know that we're capable of doing. And, 
because we always want to stay consistent in every factor. Why made you guys choose West Valley instead of going further north? Or because further they wanted to come by our, <laughs> house, by our house so we could eat their food <laughs> so <we> easier. <laughs> have it every day. Um, there was a lot of, again, uh, customers. We, we have a lot of, like, at least this is what my brain is saying is, you know, a lot of people from West Valley area come to Midvale. Um, and so a lot of people, you know, I ask, you know, where should we go if we did do a second location? And, uh, a lot of people were saying West Valley, West Valley, West Valley, you know, we've got a good group out in Utah County who want us out there too. Um, that's kind of in, in the works right now, but <laughs> no one wants to drive there. <laughs> Saratoga Springs. We're getting a new Smith's getting a Costa Vida. All kinds of things right now. To Vita. No one wants to drive to Saratoga Springs when everything's along the corridor. I drive there every day. That's because where you, that's where your bed is. <laughs> that's cool. Because Korean food and a bed, maybe they'd drive there. Yes. That would yeah, yes. maybe maybe we'll do yes some take you out or something. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so where can uh where can people find you? Like where where are the two store addresses and how can they get in touch with you? So address-wise, um, we're on 7962 South State Street in Midvale. That's our first location. And then uh, the second one that's about to open, hopefully soon, is uh, 2682 South High Commons Way in uh, West Valley. We're right next to Freebirds and Menchie's Noodles and Company in that lot. So that the Midvale location, for those of you who have still not gone, even though we talk about these guys all the time, um, it's right next to, it's a bowling alley, right? And the Castle, Castle of Chaos. Castle of Chaos. Yeah. And it's, it looks like a shack. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it, you'll blink and miss it, but stop there. It's a big, it's big right orange building. It's right just south of the overpass. And yeah. sometimes the truck is parked outside, so it's easier to see. And their truck is really cool because you guys kind of did like a Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, we did a, on the like a fusion of, like my favorite video game is Mario. <laughs> So I was like, all right. And then Flappy Bird was kind of crazy. So we designed the bee after kind of like a Flappy Bird style. That's awesome. And then, yeah. So. Ah, <laughs> oh, Flappy Bird, the game where a guy makes millions of dollars and then shuts it down. Yep. Hey, that was all advertising right there. <laughs> people download it last second. <laughs> Sell the people all the Korean food and then shut down. That's your plan, isn't it? <laughs> and then Facebook, Twitter. Yeah, uh, Facebook. Uh, yeah, if you just search us bumblebees it should pop right up but it's bumblebees kbbq do you guys put out uh food truck location and stuff like that on twitter uh we don't use twitter as much we use instagram and facebook okay those are the two that people seem to use the most but uh we're on like uh food truck league they have their own app that we're on yeah it's new yeah do you like that switch over from the underground to the league um under, uh, sorry, underground to the league. We actually work with both, but then league actually they bottom out, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, you're stocking. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just we know just so much. We like to be in the know. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's like you're so weird. So we do have one. You've been you've been in Utah for a long time at this point. What, 13 years? You said 2004ish. Yeah, it's about that much. So, um, we always ask everyone. What's the one thing that you would tell someone they had to do if they were visiting Utah for the first time before they left? Other than get K-pop <laughs> fries at Bumblebee. Uh, one thing to do in Utah. I don't know. Utah just doesn't have a nightlife, you know? 
<laughs> Just kidding. Go Utah Jazz. Yeah. <laughs> As they're getting ready to play. <laughs> um, That's awesome. I don't know. Like, I guess if they've never been to Utah, the, the only one historic site is probably just hit up Temple Square. Like, that's kind of the go-to for anybody that's coming to Utah the first time. Uh, other than that, like, I don't think, think there's really anything else to do. Go fishing. <laughs> like, I, I like going fishing. So Where do you go fishing? I go uh, Mirror Lake or Strawberry do you just go trawling on a boat, or do you no, fly? I just, or just uh, on the side of the sit on the boat. More than fishing, I just put my rod in the water and I just pass out. But isn't that that's the real way to fish? <laughs> then when people ask him, he doesn't say, "I slept all weekend." He says, "I fished all weekend." Yeah, for sure. Weekend. You gotta have an excuse. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, it was very, very fun talking to you. Yeah, this is fun. Uh, and again, now I'm just hungry. <laughs> It would have been soggy if he brought. Yeah, us there's food. not really a way yeah. to that. That food doesn't transport well. Yeah, so. we. I always tell people, you should just eat it here. Like yeah. you're missing out if you take it home. Like but. burgers. I mean, burgers maybe transport. They get kind of soggy, but fries especially. Yeah, we we only fun. use natural cut fries. Like we cut in house, and so you know those have no mm. preservatives or anything like that. And so once they're in the fryer, you got to eat it once it's out. So yeah, if you try to reheat it in the microwave, it's gross. <laughs> Don't do it. All right, thanks. Thank you. All right, thanks again for Victor uh, to Victor for for joining us from Bumblebee Grill. Uh, if you've not been to Bumblebee Grill, I think is it what, what do you say KBBQ? It's Korean barbecue. Yeah. barbecue. So it's the best way. To, I don't know that we explained it super well. I mean, it's Korean fusion. He explained that pretty well. It is hamburgers with Korean shit. Well, half of their menu is Korean stuff. So you have the bulgogi, the spicy pork, mm, all in traditional, bulgogi. like rice bowls, noodles, um, the K-pop fries. Yeah, the K-pop fries. But then you have the other side where they have taken burgers, and that's the American. So they have kimchi burgers. They have burgers with fried eggs and kimchi. Mm. They have burgers with spicy pork on them. I love eggs on a burger. Dude, it's such a good idea. It, was, it is. Whoever decided to do that was the Eggs genius. on poutine is delicious, too. Yeah, yeah, I bet. I don't, I don't see why it wouldn't be. I mean, really. It's delicious. But, but uh, yeah, so really amazing food. I love the place. Uh, I think I'm probably going to end up there Saturday before the RSL game. Yeah, go try the, I can't remember how to pronounce it. Uh, the Korean Kodok. pancake. Yeah, Kodok. it's pancake with ice cream. It's the delicious. The deliciousness that is that thing. Um, Support their new store in West Valley. If you see the big blue truck out, go get food. They're amazing. The brother, he who shall not be named, uh, is usually on that truck. Uh, and their store in West Valley is going to open soon. So Yeah. Um, okay, I want to talk about convenience store. Um, I want to talk about uh, fruit pies. <laughs> so you know the hand pies, the hostess hand pies, the hostess fruit pies? I only know what the hand pies I make. That that is the the hostess style fruit pies. I was actually looking at them last night. They are one of my favorite treats. The lemon ones. Now, here's the problem with the ho- first off, don't judge me, all right? I've looked at the back. I know they're like <laughs> 8,000 calories no, a piece. Not that many. They're like 500. Yeah. Legit. Yeah. Like 
and it doesn't feel like it when you're eating them because they're not. They're very fried big. pies. Yeah, but you're like, oh, this is good. Uh, now you could probably have like eight Twinkies. No. A twink. A, a couple a packa- of ding dongs. A package a of snowballs. Twinkies. A package of Twinkies is like what 120 calories probably. No. For two Twinkies. I'm googling look, that while you tell while your I story. Thought. So anyway, so I love them, and I, this actually occurred to me one time. I was at a friend's house, and he's like. Have you ever read the back of that? Do you know how many calories are in one of those things? I'm like, no. He's like, why don't you just flip that over? I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> that's insane. What's your favorite flavor? Uh, so chocolate. That's what we're gonna get to. So uh, Hostess makes them, and I think they've gotten worse over the years. Uh, and I've been there really is in no way Twinkies only have that many calories. Really, like. 135 a piece. What did I tell you? Yeah, I'm like shocked. 120, 130 yeah. calories. It's sponge cake and crappy cream. So anyway, do so they have chocolate Twinkies? I have seen those. They have banana Twinkies too. Not that great. Um, anyway, so Hostess, the pies when you get them, they're not frosted real well. They just have kind of the glazing over the top part. And if you're going to eat something like that, why the fuck wouldn't you want it covered in as much sugar as possible? I mean, seriously. True. So anyway, the the, the bottom is usually not very sugary, and then you bite into them, and they're half air inside. Yes. That is so disappointing, <laughs> right? You are wasting 480 calories on air. Yeah, pretty much. That's what I think. I mean, it's just an extra grease pocket in there. <laughs> so. Chocolate ones, huh? Those are your favorite? No, oh. no. So anyway, okay. So I have sworn them off, and I have not eaten the Hostess one in I don't know how long. Now, I was at Maverick the other day, and I walk over, because I'm going to get an uh, iced tea out of their little fountain area, and uh, I see... Little Debbie. No. I see this new brand of fruit pie called, like, JJ's or J&J's, and I'm like, I want to give it a shot. Why not? I haven't had one in so long, so I got one, and I get home, and I eat it. And it is completely chock full of filling. Oh, like, is it locally made? I don't know. I don't know where they come. They, we saw we, them we when saw we were in, in uh, Scipio. Scipio had them at their gas station, uh, and there. Some at what the other gas station we stopped at too, on the way out of town to, that was just here in Salt Lake. Remember? Yeah, I don't remember what it was though. Um, anyway, uh, so they're completely full of filling, and they're really fucking good. And they make a is banana. Is that like the box like that? Yes, and that very okay. specific one, the banana cream one, is amazing. The peach one looks amazing. So that peach is now like my favorite fruit pie thing is the banana cream pie. The JJ's banana cream pie. So that's my convenience store story. They make strawberry cream ones. Strawberry and cream. Gross. Look, they look little ones called tidbits. <laughs> those those only that's have cute. 300 calories. <laughs> They're really bad. But they're for cute. You. Uh they so they come from Erie, Pennsylvania. It's uh, they're completely full. They're it's probably amazing. made by Amish people. That's probably why they're so delicious. Yeah, I mean they, they, they the the fact that there's not hardly any air inside of that thing that it is from bite 1 to bite whatever your last bite number is for me it might be like bite 3. Um They're kosher. <laughs> they're Jewish. It's filling the whole way through. It's fantastic. It looks like it on the boxes. And the boxes is an accurate... Because the Hostess ones look like it on the fucking boxes, too, but they are half air. 
Those are 100% filling inside. It's great. Real fruit filling, too. I don't know. I mean, like... Yeah. Just sitting on a <laughs> shelf. I don't know how real it I is. mean, I'm sure there's apples in there. I doubt the bananas is real, but it tastes good. It tastes like... You can't delicious. make fake bananas. You can make fake banana pudding. It does not necessarily have to have banana in it. So, that's going to do it for tonight, I think. Uh, everyone's tired of hearing about fruit pies, but they want Bumblebee Grill. So yes. uh, you can find us on uh, Twitter at TNU Podcast, on Facebook. Uh, reach out to us if you want to talk to us. We love talking to people. Uh, com is a great place to uh, read our blog, usually out on Thursdays. And uh, lots of cool stuff on there. Uh, we and we have our own one thing list. So all these people coming up with, you know, things for the... Uh, Golden State Warriors to do. Our guests have made their own list. Yeah, and it's quite extensive. There's lots of cool stuff to do uh, in Salt Lake, so or in Utah in general. So uh, that's it. Have a good night, folks.